Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. one way and now goes deep into some traffic and intercepted picked up by army it's dinamigo the guy that just made the tackle on the previous play and he's still going this is 365 sports powered by sikkim 365.com and a throw to the corner and it's a touchdown to riley nobody covered him 365 Sports is presented by IdealMRI.com. High-quality MRIs for $497 or less. IdealMRI.com. Your health is important. So is your budget. That's a heavy pressure. The ball's out. Scooped up by Army. Fortner taking it to the end zone. 365 Sports is also brought to you by Texas Farm Bureau Insurance, protecting Texans since 1952. The 14-yard line pump fake, and now the crosser, and a touchdown, Dumbarger. It's not over. Absolutely not. Have you subscribed to our YouTube channel? Search 365 Sports on YouTube. Brought to you by TFNB, your bank for life. And now straight ahead, Levitai did not get there, I don't think. Or did he? It's going to end on the one-foot line. 365 Sports is turbocharged by Unite Private Networks. Find out more at UnitePrivateNetworks.com. Bryson Daly is going to take the snap, drop back, and... Run out of the back of the end zone. Run out of the back of the end zone for the safety. It only changes the final score. It does not change the outcome. And there's your Commander-in-Chief trophy winners for 2023, the Black Knights of Army. Now here's David Smoke, Paul Catalina, and Craig Smoke. It is nice to be back. Good afternoon. This is 365 Sports. David Smoke, Paul Catalina, Craig Smoke. Right now, take you up until 6 o'clock. And even before we hit the airwaves, uh, Archit, A-R-C-H-I-D, uh, $10 Super Chat, Go Buffs, Coach Prime building up the lines, and we will have Brian Howe, who covers Colorado, on a tremendous weekend for Colorado in the transfer portal and also even a commitment, too. So that's one of the stories today. We'll have that. Arizona State had a great weekend. Uh, a, f- a couple of other notes in the transfer portal, one that just came out just a minute ago. Uh, but the, the st- top story is AP All-American team. Here are the team, here are the players in the Big 12 
who are a part of the All-American team, the Associated Press All-American team, including Oklahoma State running back Ollie Gordon, also Cooper Beebe, offensive lineman, first-team defense, no surprise, the Lombardi Award winner, Devondre Sweat at Texas, second-team defense, Byron Murphy, his running buddy, and also good to see Beanie Bishop at West Virginia on the second-team All-American team. Third team, Frazier from West Virginia, Ben Sinnott from Kansas State, Xavier Worthy, I think I left the Y off, I'm sorry about that, all-purpose player for wide receiver and also return man, and then Danny Stutzman, who's in the news today, and TJ Tampa from Iowa State, third-team defense. These are the players about the current All-American team from the Big 12. Yeah, Ollie Gordon uh, changed Oklahoma State's season altogether, and uh, I would have been sh- – like, there are some really good running backs this year, but nobody who, um, you know, flipped a script like Ollie Gordon uh, did for Oklahoma State, and Cooper B, one of the best offensive line- linemen in the country. So, uh, not surprised on the first team, especially Tavondre Sweat um, is – um, in my opinion, and this is no offense to their fantastic offense, but the biggest reason that Texas is where they are right now because of him and, and, and Byron Murphy in particular uh, because you cannot run on the Texas Longhorns right now, and that changes every single team's game plan. Yeah, I mean, it's fun to see these awards come out. I think uh, first team-wise, uh, the SEC led the way, had nine guys, Big Ten had six guys, Pac-12 had four guys, and the Big 12 uh, had three guys there with – uh, what you see with uh, Tavondre Sweat, Gordon, and BB, and uh, I think BB's a guy who was a preseason, you know, pick that uh, a lot of people had uh, lined up as an All-American candidate and certainly an All-Big Twelve guy, and that panned out. Same thing with uh, Zach Frazier; he was a guy that, uh, and Ben Sennett. You know, a lot of these guys were um, preseason guys, and the Texas defensive linemen uh, were too, but I think that they took their game to an absolutely different level, and that's why you see Texas where they are here in the national championship game. A big part of the reason as to why was they had a lot of offensive weapons, but those defenders uh, up front really uh, put them over the top in terms of just being an all-around great team. Um, And yeah, a lot of just the familiar names that you'd expect to see. Uh, Danny Stutzman's obviously in the news, uh, making the third-team defense there, and Iowa State getting uh, at least a mention after the great year that they had. Not surprising that it's TJ Tampa uh, getting that nod there on the defensive side of the ball. So, yeah, I mean, nothing like I think uh, big-time surprise-wise. A lot of familiar names, a lot of guys who uh, certainly made big impacts throughout the year, and it's uh, cool to see some of these awards start to, you know, come out and or continue to trickle out. But, uh, you know, thought that it was interesting just to see the entire team and not just the Big 12. Uh, Gordon sharing honors with Cody Schrader from Missouri, who obviously had a great year. Jaden Daniels. We'll talk about his big weekend, but another honor for him. And, uh, yeah, uh, good good congratulations, uh, good seasons for all these guys. So there we are with that. There was also a story uh, yesterday in the Big 12. TCU fired a coordinator, and their defensive coordinator, who was uh, lauded all of last year for what they did. Of course, they all had lost players on both sides of the ball. And uh, Joe Gillespie, I was told Stephen Johnson will join us in about an hour I was told by somebody that's very much a part of TCU that this came as a shock. Maybe not at the top. I don't know where this came from, but that Joe Gillespie and a lot of people around the TCU program saw this was blindsided as far as the news he had been let go. Well, he didn't have the the best possible season he could have had. 
Um, but even still coming off two years ago where their defense played really, really well, um, this Sunny Dykes, I guess, d- deciding that they needed uh, a new voice in that room uh, to lead the defense and call the defense. Yeah, I was, I was pretty surprised that, like, you know, yeah, they had a down year, especially on that side of the ball, but, you know, they had a down year everywhere. Like, it, it you know, nothing worked for TCU the way that they wanted it to from the very first game of the season. So, um you think of it that way, it's probably not surprising that the coordinator gets fired, but coming off of, of what they came off of, I thought maybe he had gotten a little more time. Well, they've already got their new guy. I'm sure you've seen that, right? Um, but they've already it couldn't have been that much of a surprise seeing as how they've already hired the defensive coordinator to replace him. But it was a little bit surprising in that you um, thought that he had a really good year last year and uh, obviously lost a lot of talent and... They are not going to just switch Kendall Browse out after one single season. Uh, the offense, too, you know, is a bit of a debate about how much of a role it played into matters. But uh, I felt like they were able to get in the red zone uh, quite often and simply just couldn't execute in the red zone. That really seemed to be their biggest issue on offense. But on defense, it was a little bit bigger than that. Um, and so I'm a little bit surprised to see that. But uh, they moved very quickly um, and, you know, hired their guy within 24 hours. So um, maybe it was shocking, but uh, it was obviously uh, – well thought out beforehand and um you know they needed a little bit of a shakeup uh somewhere on that staff and you're not going to like I said fire Kendall Browles after one year and I don't think the offense was their biggest bugaboo when you take into consideration injuries um and whatnot so um yeah you look over at that defensive side and uh I guess that's where Sonny Dykes feels like the biggest moves needs to be made so uh, interesting uh if anything and um Yeah, we'll see how TCU can retool because I'm very curious with year number three. Such a great year. One, uh, loaded up with a lot of talent. Year two, you lost a lot of that talent. It was a bit of a struggle. Don't even make a bowl game. What's in store for year three for Sonny Dykes? I think that's an interesting question, an interesting thing that we'll find out here over the coming months uh, and, you know, see what they do as far as the transfer portal goes. But, yeah, certainly a significant move uh, with one of their assistant coaches there. So there yeah. we are with that, Paul. A- Andy Avalos, by the yeah, way. Andy Avalos the- used to be at Boise State, was the head coach there, fired by Boise State. He's now the uh, defensive coordinator at uh, at TCU. Then there's this story, Kansas State two-year starter, six picks over his career, Kobe Savage, former Tyler junior college player. Uh, We had him on during Big 12 media days. He has entered the transfer portal. Kansas State has had a lot of players do that. You know, I know initially you're like, oh, my God, what's the issue? Maybe some that need something. But this is a two-year starter here for K-State and one hell of a personality. We enjoyed him. He now enters the transfer portal. And uh, Chris Kleiman loses yet another player. This is just the way of it now. I mean, it, like you know, some of the like a Kobe Savage guy doesn't necessarily make sense because normally that's a guy that you you know see you know going elsewhere. But he's also not a player who, because he's a smaller guy, necessarily translates right away to the NFL. Um, you know, and you know because of NIL and the transfer portal now. Uh, you know, guys, I think, have to find out if they can make some money playing ball while they can still play ball. So this is just – we're going to see more and more of these things. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you put the transfer portal on what's going on with a coach, but sometimes it's just – now I think you have to take it as just the nature of it because it may not have anything to do with the coach or the program, just about can I get more money somewhere else. Well, he's a really good player. It's a big loss for Kansas State. Uh, didn't have, like, a super statistical, you know – outrageous type of a year but was a very good 
uh, defender and leader for them. Uh, I think it came as a bit of a shock to some K-State fans. I also think that they're just in the midst of reeling right now with all that's gone on with basketball over the last few days, uh, losing Colin Klein to A&M. Uh, they're just kind of in a tailspin. They got the good news with Avery Johnson deciding to come back uh, when there was some speculation that, you know, maybe he would look elsewhere with Colin Klein leaving. But he's staying put in Manhattan. That's good news. But uh, now you have, uh, you know, another well-known name and a big-time player for you that's hitting the portal, I guess, a little bit unexpectedly. And so I noticed there's a lot of just like, man, when will the bad news sort of end over here in Manhattan? But um, you know, yeah, that's a loss. Uh, not irreplaceable by any means. Interested to see what his suitors look like. Uh, but, yeah, another good player amongst the hundreds, uh, if not thousands at this point, that has uh, hit the transfer portal. Yeah, so there's that as well with Kansas State. Also, Colorado had themselves a weekend, and this is not going to include everything they had, but they needed a lot of offensive linemen, and we'll get to that. But Draylon Miller, former Texas A&M commit uh, from Silsby, has committed to Colorado, top 70 in the 24 class, previously again committed to Texas A&M. They also loaded up on the offensive line. They hired Phil Lodeholt, uh, used to be, I think, at Oklahoma as a, uh, as a coach. Also, the number one offensive tackle recruit for this class, Jordan Seaton. They got a transfer from Houston, UTEP, UConn, and that's just part of it. There was one or two others that have joined Colorado. They need offensive linemen. They need defensive linemen, and at least a pretty good start from what they did over the weekend. Well, they they need five new starters on the offensive line, and that's that the uh, increasing the talent's one thing, but helping with the chemistry is another one, right? So they've got to make sure that that comes together. So yeah, because. You know, you've got one of the better quarterbacks in the country coming back next year in Shadir Sanders. At least that's the you know decision right now, unless he, he changed his mind. But you've got Shadir Sanders coming back. You're coming into, into a new conference. You've got a chance to really uh, make some hay while the sun shines. But if you don't get not even like a little bit better, they've got to get a lot of bit better on the offensive line. So they need five new starters and probably three new backups. So... It is going to take, um, and that's great news for Colorado, but, man, they better be good, and they better be good in a hurry. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a really good weekend. They're off to a nice start. You know, there was a big uh, batch of wins in the offseason last year and a nice bunch of momentum there at the start of the year, and then that faded off entirely, uh, as we all saw. But uh, now starting to pick back up some of that energy with uh, the recruiting side of things, as you'd hope that they would, and addressing some big areas of need, literally and figuratively. Uh, Phil Lolhold, that's a name for old Sooners fans out there, as he was a big-time offensive lineman for uh, OU back in the day. Amazing that uh, that's now what I'm saying about Phil Lodeholders back <laughs> in the day, but um, that he did play a long time ago at this point. Yep. So, yeah, it's a nice, you know, little coaching addition, I suppose. But, yeah, I mean, he's Dion's getting some talent in there, and he's getting talent in the right places, um, giving, some, giving Shador some weapons, and also, most importantly, giving him some protections. I mean, we'll see on Draylon Miller. Uh, looks uh, you know, pretty promising there. Um, Tyler Johnson's obviously a really big pickup from Houston. I know the Cougs would have loved to have had him back, and so that's a, a big piece to help block for Shador, and uh, we'll see what they continue to add. But, yeah, they're off to a good start. Appreciate the super chat at the beginning of the show, and yep. uh, if you're a Colorado fan, yeah, uh, time to get excited again. Now that the season's turned the page, uh, Dion did what he did in year number one. How can they get better in year number two? Uh, start with that offensive line, and, and that's where they're attacking early on, so that's good to see. So they got some age experience in the transfer portal on the offensive line. Also, 
Then they get some youth infusion with the number one offensive tackle rated in the 24 class. Then Arizona State coming into the Big 12, just like Colorado, Utah, and uh, also, um, my God, Arizona. They had a hell of a weekend. And then today, former Michigan State quarterback Sam Levitt, who was a four-star quarterback for the class of 2023, transferring four years left of eligibility, um, they have a guy on the campus right now named Jaden Rashada. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting to give them some depth, or maybe if somebody else will walk out the door after this one and move somewhere else. Well, I mean, I think you always have to be prepared for every possibility, but Sam Levitt uh, can't transfer again until he graduates. So that gives them protection in case Jaden Rashad is not the dude. Uh, I mean, he played this year um, and he got hurt. I mean, Arizona State had a lot of things go wrong for them, uh, you know, starting with their, you know, giving themselves a bowl ban before they'd even played a game uh, this year to try to stave off the NCAA. So that was that was a thing that kind of you know put a put a damper on their season, but Kenny Dillingham and the and the Wildcats, the Wildcats, the the Sun Devils roll into uh, the Big Twelve now uh, with a lot of potential, and they've got to get better depth. And they they were um, you know everything everything went one way, but look, there's nowhere to go but up uh, with one of the more intriguing young coaches in the game. So you got to have depth, and Jaden Rashada could get called to go somewhere else. I mean. You know, uh, Dante Moore is already in the portal. Uh, he played a lot more than Rashada did. Uh, so you, you gotta, you just gotta guard against these things. Um, maybe just, uh, you know, just Jaden Rashada should go earn the job. Yeah. Um, maybe that's what he could could do. You know, I mean, you're not going to be handed everything. I saw that his father apparently uh, mm-hmm. posted on Twitter like a, you know, a kind of a, a gif suggesting that time's ticking or loading or whatever, like a spinning circle. You get on your computer. And Lord knows I don't want to go into recruits' fathers' uh, Twitter dictionaries and try to translate what he's getting at. But I think that anybody can put two and two together, and and that seems somewhat ominous. But you know, I'll let the Sun Devils fans have fun with the, whatever drama that could potentially be, if it's going to be any at all. I mean, again, maybe Rashada just needs to beat out a guy. Maybe it's just a depth piece. Um, when you see the former four-star thing, I know that makes people's eyes go big, but it doesn't always mean anything or everything. Um, but it's a nice piece at worst for depth, uh, at you know, least for some competition. And if you're Kenny Dillingham, there's nothing on that team that you're like, well, yeah, we're set. Let's go back and run it back. I mean, you're trying to be way, way, way better than you were last year in year number one of your campaign. And you're going into... You know, uncharted territory here with the Big 12. So uh, he's got to do anything and everything to improve that team. And uh, you can certainly get better in that quarterback room. So, yeah, we'll see on Rashada. Uh, I'm not going to hold my breath as far as that goes. But um, it seems to be a nice pickup elsewhere for that, that ball club at the quarterback spot. All right. Uh, what You said what? Oh, yeah, nice pickup for them. Danny Stutzman, All-American. We brought this up. Craig alluded to it. He had entered what was going to be the NFL draft. Uh, he has changed his mind. He will be coming back to Oklahoma. That's very important for them. Uh, you cannot, you be, might be deep enough to replace all Americans, but Craig, Danny Stutzman decides he's coming back. He had a video he let out. He will be back with the Sooners for 2024. Yeah, I don't know that he ever officially entered the draft. There was just a lot of speculation and reporting about that. And I think his father even said that it was a day-to-day thing, that some days he felt like he was going and some days that he didn't. But, I mean, this was uh, still surprising. It appeared that he was, in fact, headed to the draft. And um, that seemed to just be the case. And they were going to move on. And it was going to be a, a, you know, a significant loss for 
Oklahoma moving into the SEC, but now it's a nice surprise and, um, you know, a great uh, piece of news that you're going to have him back in the fold uh, to help you make that transition and to help st- uh, steady that defense uh, as you go into year three of Brent Venables. So, uh, yeah, was not expecting that, was not, like, massively worried about it either, but, um, you know, hey, that's uh, surprisingly good news. So that's great for Oklahoma uh, for that staff and for the fan base that uh, Danny Stussman's decided to come back. And obviously a, a guy who makes a, a mark on the field, but also very much off the field, a very vocal, energetic, kind of a symbolic guy for them as well. So uh, they'll have some of the, the leadership intangibles back with him uh, as well as his play. So, yeah, I think uh, all the way around that seems like a pretty solid move for Oklahoma and something that a lot of people are excited about. Chandler Rogers, I don't have the tweet on this, but Chandler Rogers, former ULM, and then also last year was at North Texas, is going to Cal. Baylor wanted him. Baylor's still looking for that. Who else will compete with Sawyer Robertson and R.J. Martinez in the quarterback room? This is a loss here. Uh, One of the connections, even though Mike Bless is the new offensive coordinator at Cal, he was on the staff at North Texas, and they've had a shakeup because, of course, they have a new head coach with Seth Luttrell, of course, last year at Oklahoma, now the offensive coordinator. But this is a big win for Mike Blush. He used to be a part of the North Texas staff, although Chandler Rogers wasn't there when Blush was on the North Texas staff. Uh, yeah, I thought this was uh, kind of a good fit for Baylor and, and someone who had some experience that could come in and, and compete and, and maybe even win the starting job. Uh, but, you know, now they'll have to turn their attention somewhere else. They're going to have to get a quarrel QB, um, and these d- dominoes are starting to fall. Um, you know, just with Blake Shape and Mississippi State on Friday – what, literally, what, Craig, 10 minutes after we got off the air? Yeah. Yeah, 10 minutes after we got done, Blake Shapin goes there, um, which meant that Dylan Gabriel was never going to go visit Starkville in the first place, which he was, I think, reportedly scheduled to do on Monday. He went to Oregon, so they're all filling in, and this was one I thought was a good fit, but clearly he's out to, uh, to the West Coast and to see what hippies are like. Uh, that's a really good pickup for Cal. Uh, you know, I think he's a, a really solid player, had a great career there in Denton after, you know, moving previously. Um, that was his second stop. So now he's on to stop number three. I don't love that. Guys. I don't know. About, I don't know. I don't like the quarterbacks playing for three different schools. Yeah. And we haven't even touched on the no, biggest one to. from the weekend. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I think it's one thing when you're using your eligibility and, and you've had injuries and things like that. But when it's just basically hopping around, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I think it makes it exciting during this time period, but I don't, I don't love it. But regardless, besides my feelings, that's a really nice pickup for Cal um, and uh, super, you know, uh, opportunity for Chandler Rogers, who again had a really great year there for North Texas in what was a tough year overall for the team, uh, which a lot of ups and downs. He was certainly a part of a lot of those ups. So, uh, yeah, was hoping to see him here in Waco provide some competition, if not be the starter. Um, but now they've got a couple guys off the board because there's another one that's uh, committed to the SEC that was on their list as well. So I don't know where they go searching for uh, quarterbacks, you know, that are in the portal beyond uh, what's now been picked up uh, by uh, Cal and Arkansas. Uh, with Shapin out of the way, but what did you think about Blake Shapin um, deciding yeah. to go ahead and officially transfer? Yeah, that was interesting. It's interesting because Sawyer Robertson used to be at Mississippi State. There's not a trade, but uh, I, I, it, it kind of didn't like. Oh my God! But that what came down late Friday, right after you guys went off the air. I was chilling in Florida, but 
Good for him. If that's a good fit for him with Jeff Levy, that's interesting that Levy would come to Baylor to get a quarterback, but let Blake Shapin looking for an opportunity. And uh, he's going to go play in an offense that's wide open. He probably did not know for sure what Baylor was going to do, even if Jake Spavital spoke with him a couple of different times before he left. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't totally over the moon about him coming back for another year. I felt like it was about time for everybody to kind of go their separate ways. I didn't know what kind of opportunities he would have available, but, shoot, I was shocked when I saw it was Mississippi State. I mean, I didn't expect to see him end up in the SEC um, and certainly wasn't imagining him with Jeff Levy, of all people. I mean, that's just a weird circle of events to reach the point where they met up and are now going to be partnering together um so it's just it's weird from a Baylor perspective that th- those two are now going to be a combination but uh, I hope Blake has some success I-, I hope he does well um and you know that's a great opportunity for him I'm sure he's getting some NIL money um and just the opportunity itself is is nice so uh happy for Shapin but yeah that's leaving uh, between the Chandler Rogers news and the Shapin news and and I'm sure the guy you're about to mention here uh that is leaving them in a little bit of a lurch when it comes to the quarterback back spot so it's gonna be interesting to see uh, where they turn their attention now you go ahead and mention them if you want to uh Taylor green it was big time prospect boise uh, from state. boise state yep. uh, is committed to arkansas as of a couple of hours ago so that was another guy that was out there uh again texas guy so you thought that there would be uh, the potential to come back home and he's close enough i mean uh bordering the state of texas so uh he's he's back a lot closer than he was being out in boise idaho uh but a really solid player uh gifted athlete and uh, a big part of what helped the Broncos, even with the coaching uh, firing, uh, end up being a bowl team. Uh, enjoyed following his career there with the Broncos. And so, uh, yeah, excited to see what he can now do with a little bit of step-up in competition. Uh, Sam Pittman fights for his job there in Fayetteville. So, yeah, tailing green off the board to Arkansas, and uh, the quarterback carousel keeps on churning. So who is left? Be, that that's reasonable for Baylor to have a chance because right now or anybody for yeah, that matter. Well, yeah, others who need quarterbacks too. Um, not you, I mean we could talk about Cam Ward. We could talk about others. Dylan Gabriel obviously headed to Oregon. There's a handful in the mix, but well, let's legitimately, talk, who is really the possibility for Baylor? Let's talk about Dylan Gabriel. I mean, that was a massive move on Friday for yeah. him to pick up and go to Oregon. Um, again, that's another example of like, I don't love the fact that he's playing for his third team. I mean, go to the NFL already or, or what I, I see a lot of people now in the mentions, like go get a job at some of these guys. Um, you know, six years aren't brand new by any means, although we're flirting with seven years a lot more often these days, the COVID year is still not going to be over for another couple more seasons. So this is just life in college football. I don't think that you, if you could, would retroactively go and change that because, that 2020 year was a joke. I mean, most teams were playing half schedules. Or everybody was playing pretty much half schedules. Everything was a mess. Uh, the whole year was weird. So I don't mind at all that guys are getting that, that extra COVID year. But um, I just thought it would be used more to, like, stay where you were or to, like, really take advantage of that year. And, and guys are, are using it to bounce around. And so Dylan Gabriel's like, the poster child, along with probably JT Daniels. JT Daniels is still worse. He's, he's had four schools in in six years I believe it was or four and four and six yeah I think is what it was but uh Gabriel's a you know kind of a poster child for just the fluidity of player movement and opportunities in NIL in this day and age and so it's just going to be uh really interesting to see you know how that continues on but as far as you know his decision and 
uh, getting closer to home, back on the West Coast. I mean, at this point, if he gets another year, he'll finally be back in Hawaii. I mean, he's gone from Orlando to yeah. the center of the country. Mm-hmm. He's now on the West Coast. I mean, next stop, he's he's all the way back home to finish his college yeah. career if he can get somehow a seventh year. But that's obviously a really good pickup to replace Bo Nix. Uh you ask who's in the portal? Well, Ty Thompson is now because mm-hmm. he sat on the yeah, bench Oregon. in Eugene for three years. So, Who would know him better than anyone else? Arizona State, but now do they need a quarterback because of what they picked up today and also Rashado? I mean, I, yeah, I, I would doubt it. That'd be a weird move to go and get him as well. Um, and you'd certainly see Rashado probably exit at that point. But, I mean, he can he can prove something uh, as well at some, at some stage. So, uh, yeah, I don't know where Ty Thompson lands, but um, the quarterback carousel is very interesting, and, and Gabriel was obviously a very big move. Uh, it, that's going to be a fun little marriage with him and – and uh, that staff up there to see if he can kind of pull off what Bo Nix did uh, and just have a monster Heisman type of a year. Um, but he was really, really good at Oklahoma. Thank him for his service there in Norman the past couple seasons. Obviously, was very good in Orlando as well. But, uh, yeah, going to be interesting to follow this third leg of his journey now. Speaking of transfers and quarterbacks, Jaden Daniels of LSU won the Heisman Trophy on Saturday evening. Here's a note about the Heisman Trophy winners. In the last seven years... Daniels becomes the fifth transfer to win the Heisman Trophy. In the last seven years, Jaden Daniels is the fifth, including Caleb Williams, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, and Baker Mayfield. And now Jaden Daniels, who was, of course, the start of the year or his career at Arizona State. So that's what the transfer portal, and even before there was a so-called transfer portal, graduate transfers, et cetera, that is five of the last seven. All of them, of course, quarterbacks who have won the Heisman Trophy. My vote, by the way, was Jaden Daniels. My second-place vote went to uh, Michael Penix, Jr., and my third vote went to Marvin Harrison, the Ohio State wide receiver. I'd like to note that Jordan Travis came in fifth, which is uh, very worthy considering he, um, you know, his availability I changed s- the little college football I saw out. somebody mention that they had, I think it might have been Brando, had uh, Jordan Travis like third and said, listen, if anybody – can kick a 13-0 team out because of the lack of him on the roster, then he must be the best player in America in rate relating back to the college football playoff decisions a week ago. Well, this is very fitting. He finished uh, right on the outside of getting an invite to New York yeah. like they finished uh, right on the outside of getting an invite to the college football playoff. So uh, being fifth is uh, just Florida State's fortune or misfortune uh, this year. But, uh, yeah, Jaden Daniels was very deserving. I was glad to see Penix, you know, got uh, a lot of respect as well. I thought he was worthy of that. We talked about that a bit on Friday. But, yeah, I, I think Daniels was a uh, pretty, you know, easy choice for uh, a lot of the folks who watch college football this season. And I, I don't fault that. I, I had a little bit of an issue. Really, it was anything. It was just like how it was a foregone conclusion. It was him. And I felt like Penix deserved at least a bit more consideration. Um, but I, I don't think that they got it wrong in any way, shape, or form. Jaden Daniels was fantastic. Um, and it turned out to be, you know, a, a tremendous year, even though it was a little bit different in that we didn't really care about his team too much. And usually the Heisman winner, the team's a bit more involved in the bigger picture. LSU, not so much, um, but uh, they would have been nowhere close without him. Uh, they would have been nowhere even in probably bowl eligible without, well, without him. So he had, a yeah, an awesome year and a very deserving of that honor. Garrett, they were 9-3, and three, or 9-3, and three, correct? Correct. 9-3, and three, what would they be? And I know that you could do this with maybe Bo Nix at Oregon or perhaps Caleb. What would they be had they not had Jaden Daniels this year? Uh, I would probably give them six wins. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, here's a stat about Jaden Daniels. Uh, you saw it flash up a minute ago from Garrett. 
The number of 20 yards or more plays in a single season the last five years, Jaden Daniels had even more than what was one of the great single seasons in college football history with Joe Burrow. Hurts at Oklahoma, Kenny Pickett at Pittsburgh, Bryce Young won the Heisman, and Caleb Williams even last year. And look at the number of games, 13, 14, and 15 games, and Daniels did that in 12. Yeah, um, he also, like, even though, like, Jalen Hurts and Bryce Young and Caleb Williams, all really good runners, um, Jane Daniels... He had over 1,000 yards rushing. Taking off on a 20-yard run was just kind of commonplace, especially on... I, I could not – you watch LSU, and I know Garrett reveled in this, but it was almost like Mike Denbrock would trick the defense into playing everybody back on like a third and 12. <laughs> and then, the, like, Jaden Daniels gets the snap, and he's like, well, I'm just going to run for this. There's nobody there for 26 yards. And then he just runs 26 yards straight out of bounds, and then the defensive coordinator on the other side is like, well, how did we forget about the leading rusher on the team? Or uh, why did we play back knowing yeah, he could I mean, run? Yeah. You know, like it was just – it was one of those things, you know, that it, it happened so ridiculously often. And that was like – other than the big plays he made with the wide receivers, that was the play that always got LSU out of a hole. Always was Jaden Daniels, like not a called run, just on a scramble. And there's no one there. There was just no one. And, you know, I, I could just see every like, hey, maybe you want to go get him. Like, he's just out there. Like, go stop him before he gets to the marker. But then nobody's even close to the marker. So, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. He had 90 in 12 games because he had at least two 20-yard runs a game. Uh, UW fan Jim Penix was the best player on the best team in the biggest moments. JD has great stats, terrible. Um, Mr. Guy, if Penix put up bigger numbers, he would have won that award for sure. I, I have a Heisman vote. No one's going to bother me if you disagree with me. I, I, it was hard. It is hard, absolutely difficult to make those decisions, but that was my vote, and I publicly tell you that because that's what I voted for, or who I voted for, one, two, and three. Who was three? Uh, Marvin Harrison. I don't. Did you mention that? I don't. Yeah, okay. I just did a minute ago. Yeah, yeah. I, Marvin Harrison of Ohio State. Okay. Well, yeah. I think uh, you can make that argument and go in circles as far as the top two go. And uh, I don't really think you can go wrong if you pick Penix. I think that was a proper pick. That's why I kind of was fighting for him on Friday. Um, but again, I don't fault anybody for selecting Jalen Daniels. Had a great year. Um, LSU's not where they are without him, certainly. And um, you know, he had some eye popping stats. Did mention on Friday that you know. Some of that was very much at the end of games where they were forcing stats down people's throats to polish that up, but uh, I don't think that that takes away entirely, and that wasn't how he accumulated all of those. Um, again, really great player, uh, much deserved. I do think Penix had a case, but you know, only one guy can hold the trophy, so um, uh, good job and uh, congratulations to uh, the LSU Tigers on a, another Heisman Trophy winner. UW fan, Huskies would have lost half of their games without Penix, yep. possibly. Uh, and then we mentioned that maybe LSU would have lost even more than they did. Also, Sir Blah Blah Blah, uh, Travis, uh, some pointed out that he should have won because the committee basically made him the most important player in college football. I completely agree with you on that, too. Uh, and then also, uh, UW fan, how did Daniels play in the huge clutch games? Oh, they had none. You're right. 
Well, he did your feedback, he, but he, they had a they had a handful of pretty big games. Yeah, but he like I think the knock on Daniels was that he lost to the three best teams they played. Yeah. He lost to FSU, he lost to Bama, he lost to Ole Miss. Those are the three best teams he played. Now, look, he didn't. Uh, he got knocked out of the Bama game. He didn't play poorly against Ole Miss. It was not his fault they lost to Ole Miss. He played really well. In fact, I think uh, of those 90, 20-yard plays, like 61 of them were against Ole Miss. It just Ole Miss made 62 uh, <laughs> in that game. But uh, he he played well in that one, uh, played well in the first half against FSU, and then that the defense you know clamped down. So, you know, I, I mean, when you're looking at – it's a hard thing. Like, it's really hard – um, you know, look, um, if you can see if you want to do that, then you can look at Michael Penix had some, you know, kind of average games against some some of the lesser opponents in the Pac-12 as well. So, Jaden you know, Daniels threw for the same amount of yards as Travis did in that loss to Florida State. I even made this comment that yeah. I thought that he was the Heisman winner that first game. I know I would never make that decision early. Uh, Travis threw for four touchdowns in that game. Daniels ran for 64. So in the loss to Florida State and FSU just overwhelmed LSU in the second half. Yeah. So, I mean, it, like, he, he, played, he played at a consistent level every time. And I think that if you're going to split hairs on, like, okay, he lost these games, well, you know, Washington made some big plays and won some close games against teams that they probably should have been as close against, or you're probably looking at the same kind of exact season for Penix. And so, yeah, that's why it gets hard. Like, I don't like to split yeah. hairs. Like, vote for who you're going to vote for and see what happens. I mean, the big difference is the running ability of Jane Daniels. That's where yeah. – go look at the running stats. That's clearly where the big difference is. You're running for 200 yards in the same game. You're throwing for 200, 300-plus yards and multiple touchdowns, running and passing. That's where he separated himself as the most outstanding player – in college football, and it's much like the playoff. It's subjective. Some people choose best player, best team. Some people choose best player. Doesn't matter. Jaden Daniels won it. Um, Michael Penix has had a great year. Um, if I was a UW fan, I would be more content with a national championship, anyways, and wouldn't give a damn about the Heisman if the Huskies are hosting the or hoisting the uh, trophy at the end of the year. So Penix still has plenty to pay f- play for, um, but he was certainly deserving of the recognition and. Um, he got the, the second most votes, and I think that's uh, about right in the long run. So, yeah, um, I think uh, both players very deserving of a lot of attention that they got. Hey, Penix is a fantastic story, great story. Washington now focuses on Texas, which they have been for the last – well, even though last week was kind of an off week in certain ways, and then Michigan-Alabama in the semifinals. Paxton said, how did Ollie Gordon win the Doak Walker Award? Well, besides being smartass and saying he had more votes, who should have won? And, and Paxton thinks Schrader should have won the uh, Doak Walker Award. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the voting was. I know Schrader, I think, may have been the runner-up to Ollie Gordon for the uh, Doak Walker Award. He was indeed uh, the runner-up. But, Ollie, I mean, again, Ollie Gordon, this is a dude who completely changed his team season. Not that Schrader didn't, but there were a lot of other reasons, like Brady Cook and and Luther Burden, that, like, you could point to Mizzou on that upswing. If there's no Ollie Gordon, Oklahoma State is not playing in that championship game. Like, that's it. That that's He changed all of it. Uh, and so that's why he won the day. He was the best running back this year. Yeah, I mean, I think the numbers bear it out. I think the importance on his own team bears it out. If you're talking most valuable player, uh, that argument goes to Ollie Gordon. So, I, you know, again, we're getting – like, it's – you can disagree on who won, but it doesn't mean the other guy's not deserving of it. 
Like, there's a lot of teams and a lot of players and a lot of big-time performers, and so it's hard to just whittle it down to one guy at the end of the year. So we can debate on every single one of these awards, yep. but I don't think the Ollie Gordon for Doak Walker one's really all that confusing. I think when you score 20 touchdowns, 20 touchdowns and, and on you, the ground. You didn't and even you, start playing, what, really until week three or four? And you run for over 1,500 yards. I mean, I mean, if you, if you watched Oklahoma State, what else was there to, to get excited about? Alan Bowman, please. Uh, the receivers, they're fine. Uh, he was clearly their best player. Um, and Missouri, um, you know, was a little bit more spread out. But, yeah, I mean, the, the numbers bear that out. I don't think that that's too controversial. But I do think that if you think that Cody Schrader is deserving or somebody else, then that's like every other award. And, and yeah, it's entirely subjective. And uh, he had a great year as well. All right. When we come back, Brian Howe covers Colorado in the weekend they had. We'll also hear later in the uh, 5 o'clock hour from Ryan Abraham of USC. He covers USC for Inside Troy on what's going on with them and the new coach. The North Dakota State head coach joining Lincoln Riley to be a part of that USC staff. Uh, KT, um, God, I just went blank. Uh, Thomas, a junior college uh, commit to Baylor, is going to join us to Keaton. Uh, it's KT, goes by KT. Okay. KT Thomas uh, will join us today at 4.30. We will also hear from Steven Johnson on the Joe Gillespie being fired and the hiring of Andy Avalos and a lot more to get to. This is 365 Sports. Don't miss the wrap-up-the-year sales event at Allen Samuels in Waco. As the year comes to a close, we're offering unbeatable deals and a wide selection of new 2023 Jeep models like the Grand Cherokee, Grand Cherokee L, Renegade, Gladiator, Wrangler, and the Wrangler 4XE. In addition to incredible savings, we're also offering generous trade-in values for your current vehicle. Upgrade to a newer model while getting the most out of your trade-in. Hurry in. These deals won't last long. Shop our great selection of new inventory and start the new year in style. Boozers is the wedding ring store and more. If you're ready to get engaged or already married and want to upgrade your wife's ring for a special anniversary, Boozers is the place to go. With the largest selection of premier quality diamond engagement rings and wedding rings in Central Texas. They have seven cases with over 300 styles of rings from top designers like Natalie Kay. Choose from yellow, white, or rose gold, plus beautiful top quality loose diamonds. With an in-house jewelry, they can also custom make anything you want. Bring in a picture or drawing and let Boozers create your one-of-a-kind pendant or ring. They can even use some of your old gold and diamond jewelry to create something new. At Boozers, you'll find a great selection of quality timepieces, and Boozers is the place for expert watch maintenance and repairs, too. They specialize in expert Rolex watch repair for fine jewelry, watches, custom work, and more. Go to Boozers on Valley Mills and Lake Air Drive in Waco. Boozers, the wedding ring store. Riverbend Liquor and Wine now has two locations to serve you. The original on Lakeshore Drive and North 19th Street and the brand new spot in downtown Waco at 600 Franklin Avenue. If you're looking for the best in craft beers or local Texas bourbons, then the original is the place to be. And for the latest trends and online phenomenons, head downtown to the Franklin location. Either way, you're going to get the same great variety, customer service, and speedy experience. Check out both locations on their Facebook and Instagram pages. Riverbend Liquor and Wine, Lakeshore Drive and North 19th Street, and now downtown on Franklin Avenue. 
Camille Johnson Realtors guide you seamlessly through the process of buying your dream home or selling your current one. Commercial, farm and ranch, or residential, Camille Johnson Realtors can smoothly and successfully lead you through any transaction. With a team of 28 experienced agents who are excited about serving you, Camille Johnson Realtors services the entire greater Waco area. If you're in the market to buy or sell, contact Camille Johnson Realtors, 104 Midway Center in Woodway, or find them online at www.camillejohnson.com. Camille Johnson Realtors, elegant, charming, warm. Welcome home. Stepping into a new pair of boots is great, but stepping into the boots of a U.S. Army officer can also add confidence and leadership skills to your son or daughter's career path. There are more than 150 occupational specialties to help them find the best fit for their future. See all the things your son or daughter can achieve in our boots at GoArmy.com. U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company, 254-598-8131 or 254-776-1543. This is 365 Sports. The 3 o'clock hour is sponsored by Waco Custom Marketplace. Meats, sweets, Texas treats, and a cut above the rest. 425 Lake Air Drive, Waco. Brian Howell, remember, Brian, during a lot of the uh, discussion and what was going on, not only with just Dion signing as the head coach with the Buffaloes, but also the possibility of realignment, which CU will be a part of the Big 12 next year. Brian, thanks for your time. So how would you rank the weekend that Colorado had when it comes to the transfer portal and the, even the number one ranked offensive tackle at offense uh, uh, joining the team? Yeah, it's been a good few days for the Bucks. <laughs> you know, they uh, obviously did not have a very good offensive line this last year. And, um, you know, after one game, Deion Sanders said he was going to go get a new offensive lineman. Well, he did that this last week and, you know, picked up four uh, FBS starters in the transfer portal, plus, uh, you know, a couple of days before that, the number one tackle in the country. So, um, you know, that's five new offensive linemen, and um, he's remaking that line in a very quick manner. It was, you know, a tumultuous end of the season where, you know, Sean Lewis has gone to San Diego State. Um, he hasn't named all the, the assistants yet, but how would you grade on how the, you know, after this first, you know, really nice push in the recruiting cycle, the, the first two weeks of the offseason has gone for them? I think it's been a, overall good. I mean, uh, they, the biggest thing they need is to upgrade the roster, and they've done that, um, at least on the offensive line. Uh, they actually, you know, got a, a tight end from Cincinnati that, you know, caught 23 passes, five touchdowns this last year, and they need a tight end. So, um, I feel like they've upgraded the roster and coaching staff. You know, a lot of times, uh, we don't know how good those coaches are until you actually see the guys play and you say, Oh, yeah, he's a really good coach. Well, it's because he has really good players. So, um, you know, we'll see, you know, with the coaching staff and, um, he hasn't told us exactly, you know, what they're doing at, at the offensive coordinator position. He keeps saying it's most likely it'll be past Um, but he hasn't said that for sure. So we'll see with that. But um, I think overall it's been a good offseason so far. Brian, what was the actual season like? I mean, with all the hype and all the success there at the beginning, what was that like uh, from your standpoint to cover uh, just the roller coaster nature and especially that second half where, you know, there was not a, not a lot of positives to glean from what was going on, especially compared to that first half? Just how would you describe that roller coaster of this debut season for Coach Prime? Yeah, certainly, you know, came out uh, September was absolutely insane and all the hype that uh, was around this program and, um, you know, we just kind of knew that, man, if this, if this team keeps winning, 
this is going to get really crazy around here. Well, then they start losing and uh, kind of temper things a little bit. And uh, I, I think ultimately they settle into um, the type of season that you would expect out of the program if it was any other head coach than Deion Sanders. You know, um, what he did was improve the team. And uh, they were a much better team in 2023 than 2022. And that's what you hire the head coach for. Uh, but because of Deion Sanders, because of, of the hype, uh, that they created, uh, that much they created themselves in a lot of ways. Uh, then it, lo- it, was, it looks like a disappointment, but I think this program is actually on a good track under Deion Sanders right now. Ryan Howell, again, the Boulder Daily Camera with us on 365 Sports. How have you seen the, the conference move affect how they're approaching their talent acquisition? I don't think it changes it that much. I think that um, he's always. Uh, said that he wants to recruit nationally and that won't change. And so, um, you know, they're getting guys from all over the place and, you know, he's always going to recruit, you know, Florida and Georgia and Texas and things like that. So uh, I think that was going to happen whether he was, uh, whether they were in the Pac-12 or Big 12. So um, I don't think that part of it changed so much, but I do know that they're excited about going to the Big 12. Brian, uh, how would you describe Shador's uh, season? And also, what is like the hubbub about uh, you know his future and, and how that looks and, and what they're trying to build around him? Obviously, he's got to feel pretty good about the news when it comes to these offensive line pickups. Yeah, he, he's really good. I mean, he, he's arguably the best quarterback um, CU's ever had and had a phenomenal season uh, despite how much pressure he was under. And, you know, some of those facts were on him. You know, he holds the ball a little bit too long sometimes, but I mean, he's the most sacked quarterback in college football, and uh, that's not all on him. Um, and I, I, frankly, it's a miracle that he got uh, through ten and a half games. He missed the last, you know, game and a half with an injury. Finally, got knocked out. But um, you know, to, to get as far as he did was kind of amazing with the beating he took. But um, he set records despite all that, and uh, he'll be back. And you know, that's a big reason why they're uh, going after offensive linemen so much is they want to protect protect Shador because. Uh, they believe, and I believe this too, that if he's got protection, um, he's going to be really tough to stop, and he's going to be an elite talent, elite caliber quarterback next year with good protection. So what else do they need? What else do they need? They need offensive linemen. They seem to have at least checked that box, or five of them, and maybe more. They need defensive people, too, on the front line. What else do they have to come up with when they sign this class in about a week or so? Yeah, I mean, really the main focus has got to be defense at this point. And, you know, you'd like to see another tight end or two, um, you know, maybe a quarterback. Uh, I do know, you know, Deion Sanders has said they want to get uh, some, an experienced quarterback to back up Shadur Sanders, and that's difficult, but they want to get uh, somebody in the portal that uh, you know, can be that capable backup or at least, a, you know, a, a second or third string type of guy. Um, and they, they secondary. He's always looking at secondary. You can never have enough DBs. And even though they got Travis Hunter and Cormani McLean at the uh, corner, uh, Shiloh Sanders at safety, uh, they're loaded back there. But they they want more of those guys. But the priority's got to be defensive linemen and uh, you know edge rushers, linebackers, things like that. Have you seen him adjust his expectations for what? they can be and how quickly based on how this season went? Or do you think Deion Sanders knew that this was was probably how things were going to go? He, he has told us that he knew this was going to happen and um, that, uh, you know, he, he actually said, if you ask our athletic director, I laid out a plan. I said, this is what's going to happen. And we knew we were weak in these spots. And um, I believe him in that, you know, you go back and listen to what he was saying about the offensive line. 
he expressed concern about the offensive line long before the season even uh, began. And so he knew that they were a little weaker there. And, uh, you know, I, I think that it may have surprised him a little bit how difficult it was, uh, the transition. I think that um, he absolutely thought they were going to win more football games than they did. And so I think that's a surprise. But um, I don't think his plan or his mission has changed. And uh, I think that he's just going about um, fixing the things that, uh, that didn't work this year and making sure it's better next year. All right, so next year is the Big 12. Uh, is there still excitement from the decision over the summer? Is there still momentum with what Colorado's decided to do by joining the Big 12? Yeah, I think so. I, I think Buff fans are excited about it. And uh, they know that they, uh, well, they believe they've got a team that, that can go in and compete right away in the Big 12, especially with Shigeru at quarterback and Travis Hunter and, and some of the acquisitions they're getting right now. So uh, I think there's a lot of excitement about what this team can be in 2024. Brian, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. Brian Howell, Boulder, Daily Camera, with us on 365 Sports with Dion and his staff loading up on some recruits. Yeah, I mean, they're uh, doing a good job early on, as we said at the start of the show. Uh, Miller's a nice pickup and a nice new weapon, and uh, obviously the offensive line is very, very important moving forward. Um, you know, they're uh, a team that's obviously got some skill guys that are capable of hurting you in a major way, but um, as we saw in week in and week out as the season stretched along, they just did not stack up uh, outside of that all that well, especially – uh, on the line. So um, that's a big point of emphasis. Uh, they're attacking it, and I'm excited now to uh, start covering them on a little bit of a different level because they will be making their way into the Big 12. And not that we don't talk, um, you know, outside of the Big 12 at all, um, but it's just there's going to be a bit more focus. Like they're going to be hosting Baylor next year. You know, they're going to be traveling to Waco at some point in time. They're going to be around a, a lot more in our faces than they were uh, being as part of that West Coast contingent uh, and more like it used to be back in the day for so long. So I'm excited to to see the Buffs back in the mix and just having, you know, Deion Sanders as their head coach and Shador and all that comes with that. I think it adds a whole lot of spice to uh, what would otherwise just be a cool move, but with all of that other stuff taken into consideration, definitely makes it a lot more newsworthy and a lot juicier uh, than it otherwise would be. So, yeah, this is going to be a, a fun offseason to track them a little bit closer, knowing that uh, we're going to be seeing them a little bit more up close and personal here pretty soon. It will be interesting. By the way, former beta wide receiver Lanier Sampson was a part of those teams back when RG3 was on the team. Hell of a nice note here. He now is joining the uh, – he was at Austin P the last couple of years. He is now going to be a part of the staff at San Diego State with uh, – Sean Lewis is the head coach there with the uh, Aztecs. Yeah, um, Sean Lewis, I mean, I, I think his his career, like he, obviously what happened at, at Colorado was weird where he got, like, demoted in the middle of the year, and that was that was really strange. Um, and I think they just wanted to, I, I guess he needed a change up and what he was doing there. But, um, but yeah, I think that's a great hire for San Diego State. And, uh, and, and Lanier Sampson going there is going to be huge, um, you know, for his career. I think because that's just going to keep going up and up and up. And uh, he's he's a guy who was calling plays or at least co OC uh, at Austin P. And and that's a staff Scotty Walden uh, left to go to UTEP. So that's a staff that, that's all seemingly on their way up. Now there you are with that. So uh, again, congratulations, Lanier Sampson. Sometimes overlooked as one of the receivers that was very much a weapon in the RG three offense. Now, uh, Paul, who would you have had one, two, and three in the Heisman Trophy? Um, I would have had it had you had it. And Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix, and, and Marvin Harrison. Craig, would you have had Penix first? 
Uh, not necessarily. I mean, my whole thing on Friday was just like I didn't understand what, why it seemed like such a foregone conclusion. Uh, oh no, like it was you, never that. Yeah, I no, guess. I mean, it, but it felt that way. Yeah. Like last last week, it felt like oh, it's just yes, yeah, Jaden Daniels. There's not really any any conversation about it. At least based on what I had taken in media wise, and maybe it, it was differently if I had you know spent more time on a certain website or something. But that was just my point of view. So my whole thing on Friday was just, you know, making a case for, no, it should be a lot closer than just an automatic layup for Jaden Daniels, that's all. But, no, I mean, I think when you take into account running, uh, I don't know. I didn't have a vote, so I didn't spend a lot of time stewing on it. I just thought it was going to be a, a closer one-two kind of debate than it, it turned out to be. But clearly after the fact, it's uh, very much a debate, and I don't know who it, I would have landed on if I, I had a vote. I, I might have just flipped the coin at the end of it, but I would have felt – Fine if I had voted Penix. I would have felt fine if I had uh, voted for Jaden Daniels. Um, but as far as number three goes, um, I don't know. I might have had Bo Nix there instead of Harrison. I, I feel like Harrison was just sort of the default number three, and there wasn't even a great case that he was the best receiver in the country. I'm sorry, yeah, but I feel like way, it was an NFL award. And he won the Bolitnikoff over uh, Neighbors. That, was, that did surprise me, but again, I mean, maybe not. I think that could be debated. Um you know, and, and you could have a very fair argument about whether he was deserving of that award. Um, you know, but uh, again, don't want to, you know, knock everybody who won an award and say they all weren't deserving of it. But I think there was a case that could be made there for someone else as well. So, yeah, I don't know. I didn't I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about it because, again, I don't vote for it. But uh, I did think that that it was pretty clear Penix and Daniels were the top two guys. And, and again, I don't feel like you could really have gone wrong there, but you certainly had a case for whoever didn't win it. You had a case to say, no, why that person uh, was deserving. Paxton, why not give the Heisman Trophy after the season? They did. It was after the conference championship games. Uh, you uh, Professional sports in the MVPs and a lot, Cy Young or whatever, they don't include the postseason. That doesn't mean college football shouldn't. But at least they do include the championship weekend. I waited until after the last game was played on Saturday night, voted when I got back into Waco on Sunday afternoon a week ago, and uh, I watched every second. I don't know how many of the 900 or so voters voted prior to the championship weekend. And in my opinion, if you did, then I don't know how you should have a vote. That's my opinion on that. Yeah, I don't. If, I mean, with Penix being directly involved and uh, and whatnot, yeah, I think that's pretty stupid if you voted before the championship weekend. But that's what they do. I I don't necessarily agree with it. I think it's a situation where had you uh, waited till after the entire season's over with, well, Vince Young's a Heisman Trophy winner probably, um, and there's a lot of other moves maybe that are different. But same time, that's how they do it everywhere. How else do you explain the Orioles manager being manager of the year over Bruce Bochy? Yeah. Who won the freaking World Series? I mean that he's not the manager of the year. Oh, why? Because well, they don't count the postseason. So that's why. That's the simple explanation. They don't count the postseason. Um, championship games aren't considered the postseason in that way. So that's uh, that's all there is to it, really. That's the explanation. Well, and, and look to uh, the award. It's like Chang used to. The, you know the the. You know, there were six bowl games or whatever there were, so you could award the Heisman Trophy to somebody, and there was a very reasonable chance that they could have been in a great team that wasn't going to a bowl game. You know, so it just not how it works. Now the schedule's changed, so it would make sense to amend when you vote. Also, um, voting early doesn't make sense because it's not like you got to send it through the mail. You know, you right. don't have to get it postmarked and notarized and all Body that express. stuff. Yeah. Not, yeah. I mean, I know that, that, like, there's a secure voting process that you have to go through, but it's all on the Internet. Uh, so, again, you don't. Let me tell you something. It is a 
process yeah, of going through the security clearance to get inside to vote. It was a process. And I'm not, I'm not getting away of no, what you're saying. But, but, but yeah. yeah, so like those things, again, we can amend things with time. Uh, it's just hard because it's always traditional. And look, this is a great part of the news cycle for college football because there's one game uh, in the FBS on the Saturday after the, the championship games, and that's Army-Navy. So it's a nice little you know, day for the league, so to speak, uh, that they can that they can have. And we need to talk about that game. We will get into that game, how amazing, how dramatic that was. Um, and, 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 again, I, I'm a Navy guy because of uh, uh, my father and Craig's grandfather, but uh, Army wins the game in a dramatic fashion that I thought was over with eight or nine minutes left, and then all of a sudden hell, hell, hell broke loose. Coming up, this before we take the break, this was also a big deal today. One of the best running backs in the country, Taj Brooks, uh, giving the Matador, uh, of course, the club organization a shout out. He is coming back for another year at Texas Tech. Yeah, giving a shout out to the NIL wing, and uh, that's a huge pickup for Texas Tech. Uh, seemed like a foregone conclusion that. He would be moving on. It's just kind of that was the feeling in the air watching Texas Tech there at the end of the year, um, and he had a you know fantastic top five type rushing season. Um, so I I figured he was gone uh, to the NFL or whatever. But uh, I guess based on whatever feedback he received, whether it was um, you know negative in that regard or it was just the positive nature of the feedback that he received from Texas Tech, uh, that's huge news for them and. Uh, a huge cornerstone for Joey McGuire and company to build around. I mean, they worked him to the bone this year. Uh, he needs a lot of help. Uh, didn't have much on offense this season. He was pretty much their offense uh, most of the time, and uh, he can you know be that again. But um, he does need some help around him. But that's a, a huge piece to have. You got Baron Morton back with more experience under his belt. You're gonna be bringing in Micah Hudson. Um, and you got some of your receivers back. So still some things to iron out, still need improvement on that offensive line. Um, but I think that's a massive get for Joey McGuire and the Red Raiders and uh, certainly something you're very excited about moving into 2024. A lot of good stuff in the chat room. We're going to get to some of that too. Some of the questions you may have, if you have one, let us know right now when we come back, the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, we will also hear from KT Thomas again uh, the new recruit for Baylor, the inside linebacker from Northeast Mississippi Community College. This is 365 Sports. IdealMRI.com. That's the website, but that's also the name of the business. Ideal MRI in the Central Texas Marketplace off I-35 in the southern part of Waco has an MRI machine that's state-of-the-art, state-of-the-art technology, their techs and specialists are really good at what they do, and they make you feel comfortable before you go inside the MRI machine. And when you get an appointment set up, whether it's through your doctor that requests one and then you get the call, all of that, trying to get set up to what day you get your MRI is also very smooth, very, very fluid, and very smooth. And if you've been through it or you go through it, you get there, you get the MRI, Again, it's a very, very easy process, and it doesn't take very long. A lot of times when you get an MRI, it's going to take you a while. One, to get the appointment. Number two, when you get there, there might be a handful of other people in this large room, and it might take a while before you get back to where you get your MRI done. Not with Ideal MRI. It's very smooth, it's very efficient, and it's very affordable. $497 or less every single time at IdealMRI.com. 
right call can make all the difference on and off the field. I'm Mark Stewart with Bird Colgen Ford. When it's time for a new car, truck, or SUV, Bird Colgen Ford is the right call. Come check out our award-winning lineup of best-selling models in their class, like the Mustang, Explore, Expedition, F-150, and Super Duty. Make the right call for your next vehicle at Bird Colgen Ford. Bird Colgen Ford proudly supports Baylor Athletics. Sikkim Bears. At Ideal MRI, we feel blessed to be part of the Waco community. We're a small family business here in Central Texas. At times like this, the cost of health care has never been more important. And unfortunately, significant illnesses and injuries still occur. And that's why Ideal MRI is open and here to serve you through this difficult time. So if you need an MRI, ask your doctor about Ideal MRI. You can schedule online in minutes at IdealMRI.com or call 833-IDEAL-MRI. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics, the team physicians for Baylor Athletics, diagnosing and treating all sports-related injuries, including concussions. These specialists also provide orthopedic services for athletes and non-athletes alike. Whether it's knee or shoulder pain, a wrist injury, orthopedic spine care, and even an arthritis and total joint clinic. Trust the doctors Baylor Athletics trust. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics wants to get you back in the game. Waco Custom Marketplace, 425 Lake Air Drive in Waco, is your holiday item superstore. Half spiral hams, 8 to 10 pounds for $4.45 a pound. Pit hams, 12 pounds for $4.45 a pound. Bone-in hams, 18 to 22 pounds for $3.40 per pound. Whole raw turkeys from 12 to 16 pounds for $2.50 a pound. Whole smoked turkeys, that's smoked turkeys at 9 to 12 pounds for $3.75 a pound. And many pit hams, Six to eight pounds for $5.99 a pound. And don't forget, they have full service butcher shop where you can find what you want, pork, poultry, seafood, and beef. And I bring up the beef because big beef tenderloin or a prime rib. Brian Bauer and the Bauer family. Full service bakery with fresh baked kolaches every morning and bread. And cold beer and wine. Tailgate needs from pellet fuel to charcoal. Waco Custom Marketplace and the holiday items, 425 Lake Air Drive in Waco. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Enjoying the show? Hit the like button and subscribe. All right, this 4 o'clock hour continues. Uh, no, continues. It's underway. We appreciate it. So, Matt Entz, how about that? The story, we'll have Ryan Abraham in an hour and 10, 15 minutes, covers USC. The head coach at North Dakota State, Headed to USC. Yeah, he's going to be the linebackers coach and associate head coach, I want to say. Uh, Danton Len bringing him in on the the defensive staff. And uh, that is something uh, Lincoln Riley needs to – you know, get his uh, get his groove back a little bit there. The defense has been such a joke there um, at USC that, you know, uh, took them out of the college football playoff race before he even seemingly started uh, for them. And when you've got, you know, the best player in the country on your team and you can't win games because you can't stop people. And, you know, I, I think this year kind of, you know, when, when you get in the transfer portal and get a bunch of people that people want or there's talent that's highly thought of on your roster, but you're not winning and it's the coach that you refuse to get rid of, man, you, you got to do something. And so it'll be interesting to see how 
Lincoln Riley's offense and Lynn's defense intersect, and uh, Matt Ince's role in that. Um, and, you know, hopefully for the Tro, if you're a Trojan fan, they can, you know, get in somebody's way when they're trying to score a touchdown because that was absolutely not the case. I mean, the changes were needed, and uh, Lincoln Riley has gone and, you know, been on the uh, been on the prowl making those changes. And, I, you know, I think the Deance on Lynn uh, hire is very interesting, or the – you know, promotion defensive coordinator is very interesting. Um, Entz obviously has a great resume as well uh, at his level of uh, competition, and now this is a big step up, but uh, seems like a guy that's ripe for the uh, promotion and ripe for the, you know, the opportunity. So uh, I think it's an intriguing hire. I think uh, all of the moves that USC is making right now is, is very intriguing when you start to think about next year going into the Big Ten and just what that's going to look like. How does that offense paired with whatever that defense looks like stack up with the Michigans and the Ohio States, not to mention the schools that you're going along with, like the Oregons, who are having much better success than you are right now. So uh, they dug themselves a little bit of a hole. I think uh, really missed an opportunity to build off momentum with Caleb Williams-Heisman run and really just a very forgettable follow-up campaign, both for him and for the team itself, uh, to the point of after years of people pulling their hair, wondering why you were so loyal to Alex Grinch, you finally are basically forced into making this move. So we'll see if it pays off or if the heat gets turned up there in Los Angeles. Uh, If they come out next year post-Caleb, uh, post changes and they're still kind of in the same play. I think Lincoln Riley's back to a spot where he's kind of got some proving to do. Yeah, um, I mean he's he's been almost bulletproof, you know there or at least was there for a little while at Oklahoma. The biggest knock you could say was, well, yeah, his quarterbacks win the Heisman every single year and they make the playoff basically every single year and they win the Big Twelve basically every single year and they beat Texas most of the time, but you know they can't win the big one or whatever it was. Now it's like. Where are where are they even in the where's USC I should say with him at the helm you know in the bigger picture um, brand wise they're always going to be at the top but competition wise I mean they're top five ish uh, what I mean what would you because they're not even that in the uh, Pac twelve this year so what are they going to be in the, in the Big yeah. Ten in year number one I mean there's a lot of questions uh, surrounding them all of a sudden so yeah interesting moves with a uh, very interesting payoff to come what i do know and i had someone an administrator once tell me this that usc no matter if they're up or down they're one of those programs that will never be left out of the invitational party oh yeah of course never they're that much of a blue blood that much of a logo that much even though they have had ups and downs and, and you know lincoln Roddy, you're right he now uh, his his legacy is is still not written and coaches another 10 years there might be a a few other times you have to erase it delete it and rewrite it whatever but his what is his legacy he developed great quarterbacks he had great quarterbacks just throughout his career never won uh he played for what one semifinal game against georgia was he the one there at that year when they played georgia Mm -hmm. yeah okay well i mean yeah, I mean, yeah, multiple playoff, multiple playoffs, multiple Big 12 titles, multiple Heisman Trophy winners. I mean, his legacy is all of those things. Legacy is a really good coach. My point is, is that they're suddenly in a little bit of a no-man's land. Um, and so, you know, what is it going to be moving forward? His legacy has yet to be written. It's He's, you know, a guy who's uh, barely scratching it age-wise. I mean, he's got a long way to go. It's just a matter of if it's going to be at Los Angeles, uh, you know, playing college football, or if it's going to be – in Los Angeles coaching an NFL team or somewhere else across the country coaching the NFL team. But, I mean, I think he's proven he's a good coach. It's just a matter now of, like, where is this heading with USC? That's the question. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, 
with all due respect to that commenter, yeah, there's no world in which USC is being left out of the the bigger picture of college football. I yeah. mean, they're a top five program all time. They're based in Los Angeles, so I don't know that that's was ever even within you know even a little bit of a question mark. But yeah, they obviously are going to be there with Michigan and Texas and Oklahoma and Ohio State and a dozen other schools that will be in whatever uh, you know potential breakoff people are expecting to happen, but that's not you know uh, happening at the moment. So, yeah, I think that kind of goes without saying, but it's a, it's a big job, and so there's big expectations, and he's making big money, and he's won a lot of big games, but uh, they were kind of an afterthought this year. I agree. When we come back, we'll hear from Steven Johnson. He covers TCU on Andy Avalos. Uh, joining TCU, Joe Gillespie out. I asked one of the analysts that covers TCU if he could join the show, and he's just not able to do it. He was too close to Joe Gillespie. Um, also, by the way, Brian Estridge is on the road with his daughter visit, visiting a college, a very highly thought of college in the southeast, so he wasn't available for us as well. When we come back, we'll hear from Stephen Johnson, who thought he was on vacation. And then text me back a little bit later on. He goes, I guess I'm not on vacation. That's next. This is 365 Sports. Dr. Kent Petty, PettyClinicLowT.com. They can help you become the high-performance man you want to be, used to be, and need to be. How? Contact them on their website, PettyClinicLowT.com. Email or phone number, top left-hand corner. Tell them I sent you. If you have some issues when it comes to your sleep habits, your energy, your lethargic, Sex drive is not the same. ED, whatever it might be, just the whole performance of being the man you used to be. Dr. Kent Petty can find out whether or not cross-check or cross-off is it your testosterone level. He will set you up to get your blood work. You will get that done for free. He will take care of it. Get the results. Contact you. And if your testosterone levels are too low or testosterone level is too low, he could put you in a program to increase it so you could become the high-performance man you want to be, used to be, and need to be at PettyClinicLowT.com. Oh, Richard Carbuick, GMC, how lovely are your SUVs? Oh, Richard Carbuick, GMC, I love the trucks you Strong and tough with luxury, room for all my family. Oh, Richard Carbuick, GMC, you are the dealership for me. You want to know why Stonewood Dental is so successful? Listen to what happy customers have to say. It's different than any other dentist's office. I really feel like they care. And it's not that you're here for two hours waiting on someone to take care of you. It's quick and easy, and, you know, I bring my kids, and my kids love being here, too. They really love the treasure box. (laughs) Staff is really nice and accommodating, real friendly. You feel more like home. It's not sterile looking. Everybody has their own personalized rooms with decorations and decor, and they'll even have a blanket for you when it's cold. (laughs) I've recommended people to actually come here, and they are patients now. I really love it here. It feels like family. Learn more, stonewood-dental.com. TFNB Your Bank for Life is the official local bank of Baylor Athletics. 
Find out why more Central Texans are making TFNB their bank for life. Sign up for our Edge checking and savings accounts to earn interest or cash back. With five convenient locations and an award-winning mobile app, banking has never been easier. TFNB, your bank for life. Member FDIC. Nations Brewing Company has 16 different beers on draft with a new beer every Friday. It also offers two air-conditioned tap rooms, a large indoor beer hall, a second-floor mezzanine offering a great overview of the brewing company and equipment and patio where you can relax under the shade. Plus, you can now experience the new Three Nations Beer Garden Grill on our shaded patio. Grab a cold beer and enjoy a bite from our freshly prepared and delicious menu. Street tacos, quesadillas, freshly cooked burgers and dogs, and veggie burgers too. Nachos and so much more all prepared and cooked on site. So come visit the award-winning Three Nations Brewing Company on East Vandergrift off I-35 in Carrollton. Developed by Startup Waco, a nonprofit organization, GXG is a program designed to support the entrepreneurial development of Baylor University student athletes through NIL activations. GXG works with partners and donors to offer a suite of options to student athletes, including connections with local businesses and nonprofits, entrepreneurial development, and other avenues to broaden the NIL profile of student athletes. The program helps student athletes maximize their platforms and offers a comprehensive support system for them to create and grow new businesses that not only benefit themselves, but also uplift the local economy. Fans who wish to support student-athletes can donate to GXG via the GXG NIL Fund, BaylorBears.com slash GXG. Donors may wish to support the general fund or direct funds to specific sports. Oversight of the NIL Fund is managed by the Board of Directors of Startup Waco and the Baylor NIL Advisor. Council. GXG is a program of Startup Waco, a tax-exempt organization under Internal Revenue Code Section 501c3. Donors should consult their tax advisors regarding the tax deductibility of donations to GXG. Contributions to support NIL activations through GXG can be made at BaylorBears.com slash GXG. For more information, follow at GXG underscore GreenXGold on social media and visit the official website website www.gxg.startupwaco.com This is 365 Sports powered by Sikkim365.com the 4 o'clock hour is sponsored by Boozer's Jewelers, the wedding ring store, specializing in custom jewelry and repair, all in-house. Now, here's David Smoke, Paul Catalina, and Craig Smoke. TCU is a new defensive coordinator, Andy Avalos, former head coach at Boise State. Joe Gillespie is out. Steven Johnson, uh, when I text him about a segment, he goes, I'm on vacation. And then not soon after that, Stephen, you text me and said, I guess I'm not. I guess maybe the news and who else was available. But you're the guy that covers them. Was this a surprise move in your opinion? The timing of it was more of a surprise than the actual move itself because they had their exit interviews, I want to say, two weeks ago. And the, kind of the word around the program was that there wasn't this expectation the move would be made. And I know I think Sonny Dice um, – he considered the move for a long time. There's a plan for Joe to come back. They kind of figured around, sat around, and thought about what would it look like recruiting, what would it look like on the field. But ultimately, 
they went with the decision and decided to go with it with Avalos, who was actually in town last night to watch the Cowboys win over the Eagles. So uh, Gillespie being gone is not a surprise. I think the timing of it was, but obviously Sonny had somebody in mind, and they were able to move very quickly. Is that so? You're saying it's just because Andy Avalos was available and interested that he felt I have to make this upgrade at this time, or at least his perceived upgrade at this time. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I thought the the fact that Andy has such an extensive track record at and as a head coach and as a coordinator. And like, like you said, the fact that he had interest, and I think even from a financial standpoint, uh, because of the buyout the situation with mm-hmm. Boise State, it opened up the door even more for TCU. So it was kind of like the right candidate appears at the right time with the right circumstances that Sonny Dice thought he had to make this move. Steven, looking at the TCU defense, I mean, that's a – you know, a place where they've hung their hat for a long time. Two years ago, very good in that national title run, um, but obviously lost a lot of talent. Uh, besides the talent, or was it just the talent that that caused such a big drop back last year? How did you kind of break that down from your vantage point? Well, I think watching this year, it kind of put the first year in perspective. Honestly, even though they made it to the national championship game, it was probably a stretch to say TCU had a good defense last year. But what happened was they had playmakers like Trey Hodges Thompson, D. Winters, and Dylan Horton. They had these really dynamic guys that could make those game-changing plays, which is one of the reasons Trey won uh, the Thorpe Award last year, and D. Winters and Dylan, Hor- Dylan Horton ended up being drafted. So I don't know if they necessarily had those difference makers this year. And when you don't have those guys, a lot of those weaknesses got a little bit more exposed. And now as opposed to last year where you had games like you had those games against Oklahoma and Texas where you really dominated a quality opponent, TC was fine against some of the middle, middle of the pack teams like in Houston and West Virginia. But when you play Colorado, you play Oklahoma, and you have those type of performances, I think it's just hard to overlook, and that was kind of the big reason he had to be let go. Uh, obviously, against Baylor, they, they were able to look really good on offense, but most people were. Uh, are Sonny Dykes, Kendall Bryles on the same page with what they want the offense to be going forward? I think so. When, the last time we talked to Sonny after the Oklahoma game, he seemed really encouraged by the direction of the offense. The red zone offense has gotten a lot better. They were, I guess, a little bit better in kind of turn, cutting down the turnovers. So I think right now Sonny's pleased with direction. They were one that they had um, in terms of tempo. They ran some of the most plays in the country. And they did have some moments at the end of the year. I think the biggest question mark probably is just why did it take Browse's offense so long in those games since Texas and Oklahoma to come to life? But at the same time, the numbers are there. The production was there. I want to say they were top 20 in total offense. Scoring offense was top 50. So for the first year, I think he had a solid first year. And he pleased Sonny Dice. And I think he was encouraged about the direction of the offense for next year. They're portal guys didn't really hit the way that they wanted them to uh is part of that to be expected because a lot of these guys were were redshirt freshmen and coming in and this is about long-term depth and fit as opposed to maybe some short-term splashes and how do they address that to help have an uptick this year well i think they probably just thought they were going to get a little bit more production from some of the guys they brought over from the sec that you know obviously with bigger roles they would be able to showcase their talent. But for the most part, the trio they got from Alabama, Trey Sanders, JoJo Earl, and Tommy Brockmeyer, they weren't really able to have much of an impact this season. Sanders was an okay red zone running back. Uh, Jack Besh was injured, the uh, LSU receiver. Abraham was a corner they got from Florida who was 
okay at times, but he was injured and missed the final couple games. So I think this year and what they've been doing so far is they maybe going down a little bit of a level and trying to find experienced group of five starters. Caden Bennett was a guy that got today from San Diego State. He's a two-time all-conference type, all-conference left guard. And our pro football focus has him great as one of the best pass blocking guards in the country. So they're going down, I think, so far and trying to identify identify guys that have a little bit more production, even if it's not at a Alabama or a LSU. So so far they have a top ten transfer class. And I think the biggest thing now you're seeing guys come in with a little bit more production than we saw from last year's transfer class. There was a step back expected, Stephen, but how stunning was it in the end to not make even a bowl game? Oh, it was very stunning. I was, you know, I was on the record. I probably said it on the show at one point when we were previewing. I, I thought they had a chance to win 10 games this year. The, the beginning of the schedule was very favorable. They brought back seven guys on defense, and I thought with Kendall and, Kendall's and Sonny's track record, the offense would be fine. But obviously it didn't go that way. And I think they're going to be kicking themselves because they had so many one-score losses. And the, and the two games I think really decided the season was Colorado and West Virginia. You know, you had those multiple turnovers in the intercept, I mean, in the end zone by Chandler Morris in the season opener. You missed three or four field goals against West Virginia. And now you're looking, if, if, if you just, if you come out better in those games, you're sitting at seven five, you're going to a bowl game. But that's how small the margins were. And honestly, that was how small their mar- margins were last year as well when they were, I believe, seven and one in one score games. They just didn't have that same look. So, you know, maybe the odds will be in their favor again next year and you'll see them perform better in those one-score games. Well, we've brought this up. What they went through is what Baylor in 21 won close games. In 22, they lost most of the close games. And they ended up 6-7. and seven. They made a bowl game, but they didn't show up for it against Air Force. Who is the uh, – of all the players leaving, and a lot of them will come back, but of all the players leaving, which two or three, Stephen, will they miss the most? Hmm. So far, they haven't really lost any starters or anything like that. I think Randon Fontenet will probably be the guy. I think maybe. Uh, he was a guy that, uh, young freshman, four-star safety, one of the highest-rated recruits in the class. And he showed flashes. He was good, man. He, he got more reps as the season went on. But he hit the transfer portal. There was some behind-the-scenes stuff, you know, trying to get guarantees of playing time and things of that nature that have ultimately kind of led to the two going their separate ways. And he committed to Vanderbilt, so he's in the SEC. But I would say TC is probably a better landing spot to Vanderbilt. But I think – I guess he got his uh, – he'll probably be a starter in the SEC. Uh, and they also lost Jonathan back. He was a guy who was really high on the linebacker. He was an edge rusher out of New Orleans. They moved into more of a traditional backer. Didn't get much playing time this freshman year despite, you know, really having a great spring, great, great fall camp. So he's a guy in the portal. He's gotten some high-level group of five offers. Haven't seen much power five interest yet, but those would probably be the two guys. They haven't lost any significant contributors so far. So why weren't you still on vacation? Well, look, with the news, man, <laughs> like I said, I, I thought I thought when I timed my vacation, since I didn't make the move after the exit interview, you know, after the season concluded, mm-hmm. I figured, you know, hey, maybe he's just not going to pull the trigger. And obviously it happens right over the weekend. So I just wanted to come in. I had to get my perspective, confirm the reports for us, for us. And honestly, I just wanted to kind of dig in on Andy and what you said. And I'm, I'm really interested. You know, you guys might be a little too – I don't know if you guys play Madden or not, but if you ever been on Madden and you created your own defensive playbook and you just added every single formation, that's kind of the vibe I've gotten from Andy who has a really 
a rich background of using these multiple defensive uh, defensive fronts to kind of generate all this quarterback pressure. So I just wanted to dig in, and I just had to do my part. I'm going back on vacation once this is over, though. Well, well at least let they it go, Paul. No, but at <laughs> least they hired one right away, yeah. and it wasn't you having to wait a week or two for this news to drop again. Yeah, absolutely. So it all worked out in the end. So I'll just keep that. I'll just get that day back next week. It's all good. Stephen, thank you for jumping in uh, and getting off the a vacation to cover the story and also give us your perspective. Really good stuff, Stephen Johnson from the Fort Worth Star Telegram with us on TCU firing Joe Gillespie and immediately the same day hiring Andy Avalos as the defensive coordinator. Yeah, I feel like uh, with – I hate to, to go back to Baylor again, but it's just kind of a, a comparison that's it's easy to make. Uh, I think you saw the good and bad of Sonny Dykes these last couple of years, like the for and against why he was a candidate here a couple of different occasions. This, that first year, you're like, man, it makes all sense in the world. He's a Texas guy. He's got a high-flying offense. He's got a lot of connections – you know, good coach, man, what a great hire by TCU. Look at him go. And then you turn right around and it's like, oh, well, that's why you didn't think he was all that interesting. And, oh, yeah, maybe it was a lot of just the talent that Gary Patterson had accumulated over the years. And, you know what, we'll find out next year. We'll find out next year because that's year three and you'll have your uh, your fingers, you know, firmly in the, in the pie and have made it pretty much all yourself at that point. Um, they, you know, made a big splash in the transfer portal and, just goes to show you, man, like all those Alabama guys, like he was just talking, like all of them, oh my God, they got Brockermeyer, they got, you know, they got JoJo Earl, holy cow. And it's like they didn't, I mean, they didn't add up to, to making a huge difference in the end of things. And really it was mostly about Amani Bailey. That was that was their dude mm-hmm. on that offense. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's the offseason, baby, the, the promotion of it and, and how things ramp up and then reality here can can be two different things, and it certainly was for TCU in the case of the 2023 season. All right, when we come back, uh, Keaton K.T. Thomas from Northeast Mississippi Community College. Uh, Because of the way things are these days, and really have been now for a handful of years when it comes to commitments, et cetera, we have been a little bit more sporadic, I guess, uh, in, in bringing in players as they commit Baylor or local players elsewhere but this young man's a Juco linebacker. Baylor needs a playmaker. Do they get one? KT Thomas from Northeast Mississippi Community College is next on 365 Sports. Richard Carr, Buick GMC Cadillac, they are the people that you can count on. They're the people that I've counted on, and uh, they are the people that have been in business for a very long time here in Central Texas and, and during that time have proven to be Uh, the go-to dealership for all of your automotive needs, and that is no different as we hit the Christmas season. A lot of people traveling. Um, It's a great time of year to go on over and get yourself a new or pre-owned vehicle. It's a very special time over at Richard Car Motors as they are a family dealership, and time with family and friends is precious. So they know that getting to your family safety is a priority, and whether you need a new SUV to travel with your family or service on your existing car or truck, they are here to give you the best deals and the best service during the holidays and all year long. And right now, that includes the power and strength and stunning interior that you can get in a GMC Sierra, a truck that has it all. They have dozens in stock, ready to go and roll off the lot right now. You can save thousands in holiday savings on cars and trucks. Plus, qualified buyers can save eight grand on a GMC Sierra Twin Turbo Elevation model. That's 8000 on a GMC Sierra Twin Turbo Elevation model, plus an extra $500 off for military and first responders. You can contact the good folks over at Richard Carr for 
more details on the power and strength of the GMC Sierra. But if you're not looking to buy new, they also have a lot full of quality pre-owned cars and trucks in tip-top shape. Over 90 used cars and trucks to choose from, all inspected with a 172-point inspection and the Richard Carr seal of approval. The financing goal at Richard Carr, always 100% credit approval. They say yes when others say no. So as you get out during this holiday season, you start to travel around, check out the people that have been in business for 24 years in Central Texas, and in that time have built a reputation as the people you can count on for your automotive needs. Richard Carr, run by proud Central Texans and proud Baylor Bears. Log on to richardcarr.com today. Call now or go see them now. Off Highway 6 at the Imperial Exit. With so many companies and policies out there, it gets so confusing shopping for insurance, and I never know if I'm getting the policy that's right for me. Luckily, I met the team at the Niche Group Insurance Agency. With the Niche Group, you can go to one company and get access to coverage options from many insurance carriers, and you get to speak to a real person about your specific coverage needs. With the Niche Group, I know I'm getting the right coverage at the right price. If you need insurance, talk to the experts at the Niche Group at 1-800-258-8302. Baylor alumni are more than 160,000 strong. When we all join hands to support our university, we don't just move the needle, we move mountains. Working together, we create life-changing opportunities for students on the field, in the classroom, in the laboratory, and in life for generations to come. So get connected. Get involved. Learn how at baylor.edu slash alumni. Petty Clinic Men's Healthcare in Woodway is now proud to offer you men an exceptional weight management body sculpting product called semaglutide, also known as Ozempic or Wegovy. Semaglutide is an FDA-approved weight management medication. Once-a-week injections of this powerful medication offers an average body fat weight loss of 20% within the first year of treatment. In addition to body sculpting, semaglutide also normalizes blood sugars and has the clinical research proof of reducing blood pressure, cholesterol, stroke, and heart attack risk. If you're like most men and you have stubborn fat that will just not respond to typical diets and exercise, then help is finally here. Semaglutide, affordable, highly effective. Google search Petty Clinic Waco and reach out to the Petty Clinic team today for a free consultation with Dr. Petty to see if semaglutide is right for you. Go to PettyClinicLowT.com. There are 26 letters in the alphabet, over 600,000 words in the dictionary, and just three of them said together can change everything. Let's order pizza. Those three words lead to dough made from scratch and three fresh signature cheeses that blanket golden crust in a heavenly melt on Marco's Pizza that'll blow your mind. So visit Marco's.com to order and stop by Marco's Pizza in Bellmead, China Spring, Woodway, and in Robinson. Marco's. Pizza lovers get it. This is 365 Sports. The Sikkim 365 app is brought to you by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. Come by, let's be friends. Keaton. He goes by KT Thomas, Northeast Mississippi Junior College or Community College, joins us on 365 Sports, committed to Baylor. Over the weekend in Arkansas, West Virginia, Mississippi State, and others very much involved. KT, thanks for your time. 
just texting you back and forth. It's the first time I've actually spoken to you, but texting you back and forth, it seems like you have one hell of a personality. How much of that do you bring to the table playing the game of football? Yes, sir. Uh, great question. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me in. Man, you know, f- football is one of those games where you kind of just got to let it all out. Uh, to be honest with you, off the field, I'm, I'm pretty quiet, kid. I like I like to fish, uh, hunt a little bit, you know, chill with the guys, go to the beach every once in a while, true Florida boy. But on the field, man, I, I get crazy, you know. <laughs> I, I like to let it all out, you know, bark at some folks every once in a while. I mean, you have to. It, it's a part of the game, and I feel like bringing that to the table at Baylor will we'll definitely get the young guys' blood flowing and, and maybe uh, – you know, we're not that spark some of the older guys who, who maybe haven't had that in a while. KT, what was the draw of playing for Dave Aranda in Baylor? What was the what was the thing that put you over the finish line to committing here? Yeah, so so first of all, I mean, if you don't know about Coach Dave Aranda, then then you don't know football too well, right? <laughs> I mean, he has developed numerous guys everywhere he's been, and they all are, are dominant at the next level. And so for myself still being pretty new to position after after switching from safety. Like, man, man, that's what I need. That's what I'm looking for. You know, his knowledge, his, his player development, the skill set that, that I bring to the table and then the skills that he, he can apply to me to help me be the best linebacker I can be. I mean, it, it was a no-brainer. And then when we talked, but I mean, of course, besides football, I mean, we just talked about life and, and he, he's an amazing guy, you know. He, he's known as this, this Zen master type of guy, but Man, he's hilarious when you get around him, and and you you can see you can see how happy he is to be in Waco, and how much he truly loves the program and his players, and and that reflects on the coaching staff as well. I mean, all, all the guys there themselves, they're themselves this weekend, and and I love that. My family loved that, and it, it was a great time. So, man, when, when I got that feeling, I knew it was God, and I knew it was telling me this is what I have to be. Keaton, I know a lot of uh, coaches probably sell that it's you know it's bigger than football, but did you get a sense from Aranda and just the staff about their person over player mantra that that is a, a real deal type of a thing and it's not just a, a tagline or a sales pitch? Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, yeah. So and I, I'm not even gonna lie to you. We we rarely talked about that because you could feel it. Like they they didn't have to to emphasize person over player. You you could feel person over player. But but the greatest part about that is. Uh, my my host was, was Carl, and um, man, he's he's a great kid. And when we were talking, I like I could feel how genuine he was and how much he loved the coaching staff for 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 not only just saying it, but 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 doing that with, with their actions. Their actions spoke louder than their words. And so the whole time we may be talking about person over player once, because you, you could feel that there was person over player. You could feel that when you are. Who you say you are off the field, it translates to on the field, right? Just consistency and, and loving ball and keeping your head on right and, and doing the right things the right way, right? And, and I'm a firm believer in when you put good into the world, good, good will come back into you. And so just being around people who have that same mindset, I mean, it's, it's awesome. There's nothing better than it. You mentioned Coach Aranda and his background. Uh, also, obviously, uh, C-Rob, Coach uh, Robinson, with what he does at linebackers and others. Um, they need you. Baylor needs some playmakers on defense. Is that what you were told too? Yeah. So as much as they need me, I need them. So so it's it's not transactional. It's very mutual. And so yeah, yeah. Like you were talking about his resume. So my mom is actually she's from Louisiana. So mm-hmm. I, I grew up uh, an avid LSU fan. So you know when I when I finally got to see him in person, it it, it, was, it was a full circle moment. 
you grow up watching a coach and, and watching the clips of them, you know, changing guys' lives and, and turning them into to elite specimens. And so just, just getting in front of him and having the one-on-ones and shaking his hand and, you know, just learning more about him in, in a more intimate atmosphere, like, it, it, it was the best thing ever. I, I had a smile on my face the whole time. So uh, you mentioned some of the guys that he had. You're a linebacker. Is De- is Devin White the one you look to the most, or is there somebody <laughs> I'm I'm leaving out uh, in, in that discussion? Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. So I mean, Devin White, Patrick Queen, uh, Trell Bernard, just to name a few. Like, mm. I mean, he. I mean, shoot, T.J. Watt. So I mean, he, he had them all, all types of sizes, speeds, different body types, um, different skill sets. And I, so I think I think that that's even greater than just the name is that. You look across the board, all his guys had a multitude of skill sets. All of them couldn't run. Some couldn't run. Some were big. Some were small. Some some were some were really great tacklers. Some were just, I know how to get a guy down. Some were great coverage, and then some were great blitzers. So just seeing how he's trained and developed a variety of guys, like, I mean, with my skill set, I feel like he could do that easily. KT, uh you touched on it in the conversation you guys have had. What was kind of the, the message overall from uh, from Miranda and the staff as far as what they expect of you, what they see from you, and and kind of, uh, you know, moving forward, what they're expecting? Yes, sir. Yeah, so so he compared me to to a couple of guys he's seen in the past, just like coverage ability and speed-wise, similar to, similar to Devin White, and then just body type and kind of how we both shoot gaps downhill, Trail Bernard. And uh, so to be honest with you, they don't have a, I guess, a hundred percent comparison on me because my play style is, is very in, instinctual. When I when I feel something, I, I, I feel it. I, I shoot my shot, right? When I, I don't play with with my brain, I play with my heart. So when when, I, when my feet move, my heart moves. When my hands punch, my heart punches. And so with that being said, they just want me to come in and, and be myself, come compete, earn the spot. Of course, nothing will be given to me, and and just. You know, get around the guys and, and be myself and be a great leader as well. I feel like, and I, I've also learned that some of these guys just, just need a voice. And I don't always have to be the loudest guy in the room, but just, just know that they care about, I care about them and that, you know, we're, we're, we're working to be great. And, and I can feel it. And it's going to be a great year. What about uh, watching? Have you watched film of Terrell Bernard? And I'm not trying to compare you to him. He was an All-American. Obviously, Baylor hopes that you are anything close to that. But how much does that come into play most recently a 2021 season? Yeah, so, yeah. So, I've watched a good bit of tape of him. And, uh, yeah, I mean, dude's phenomenal, right? Uh, All-American, and then he, he's dominating up in Buffalo. And, I mean, the coach and I talked about it. Juco's over. So, I, I'm, I'm coming in with a fresh start. Uh, I'm hungry. I'm humble, and I just I just want to be the best that I can be, and hopefully that is all American and, and getting a chance at the league. But but this, this is just the beginning, and it's, it's going to be the next chapter for me and my family. But and I told him the only thing I'm gonna promise is you're gonna get the very best out of me every day, uh, full effort, full speed, no matter what it is, on and off the field, and and that that's what I aim to be. Sounds like he's got a full throttle motor. Well, right? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Katie, how did uh, Juco make you a better player? You know, it's not the route that people talk about the most anymore because the transfer portal's there, but it is a very valuable part for guys who can come in and develop it and then get their opportunity. How did it help you become a better player? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm sure uh, at least everybody on this podcast has definitely watched Last Chance You. Uh, It's hard. It's hard. I'm not going to sit here. And, and lots of y'all say it was easy because it wasn't. 
you come in, you're you're slapped in the middle of nowhere of Mississippi. But but I'll tell you what, like being there and being in that community, it, it was awesome. Like it's, it's very religious, similar to Baylor, and and the people around it really support the school and the guys because for for a lot of us, it's, it's our last chance, and it's very easy to to go left, and and it's very hard to go right. And so being there and and being with Coach Greg Davis and, and Coach Cannon and Coach Shell and Coach Campbell on the defensive side of the ball, like there, there was nothing to do but go up. In, in my eyes, right? You can be focused because you're in the middle of nowhere. Uh, there's not too many distractions. The school is, is right next to the dormitory. So if you ever have questions for a teacher, it's maybe less than a minute or walk away. And then you get to play ball. Like you get to compete against guys who, who are hungry and not even just hungry, but, but starving because this is it. This is their last shot. And I think what a lot of people don't understand in JUCO is that you play all types of level of competition. Mm-hmm. You can play from elite, under-recruited SWAT guys all the way up to, to SEC type of dudes who, who, who bang with the best of them. And so I think just having the opportunity to come out and, and show my skill set and, and compete with a great group of young men again, like, it, it, there was nothing like it, you know? And so picked up some of that Mississippi slang too, but, yeah, it was awesome. KT, uh, I went to a junior college. I didn't okay. play football and was not an athlete, but I get what you're saying. It's a it's a great place to go, kind of get your bearings, uh, both academically, athletically, if that's your opportunity. I went to Tyler Junior College many, 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 many years ago, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I love the guys that get a chance to come and play at, at whatever school it might be from Northeast Mississippi or somewhere else. Your father, Ed, played in the NFL, Georgia Southern. Also, your mother, you mentioned from uh, New Orleans, is what? From Georgia Southern. And they obviously must have met in, in, in college, the role models and what they've meant for you. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, man, I, it's just, and I always tell them, it's such a blessing to have them in my life. Um, you know, my dad from a small little town, Thomasville, Georgia, came from nothing, right? And, and made something great of himself. And so he's always instilled in me that hard work will, will be anything. Now, you're not always going to win because of your hard work, but just working hard and having that competitive edge and being humble about it, good things will come your way. And so, man, my whole life, like I've just, it's like I said, it's been a blessing to be able to look up to both of them and just watch them chase their dreams. I mean, my mom, she, she was a teacher. And uh, I always remember this because – my dad would always push her, push her to be greater because she she could impact. She she she's one of those people that when she loves you, she loves very hard, and she's determined to to make you the best. And so I say that it was I was maybe in second grade, and she quit teaching to go pursue nursing. And I I, I used to watch her, you know, cry at one in the morning because because of how how rigorous it is to become a nurse. And she she would study for days straight I mean I, I was there were times where I would barely see her but I but I knew she was working hard to chase her dreams and you know just just being at a young age and seeing that and then seeing how successful she is now being a NICU nurse like man it's just I know, I know anything's possible when you put your mind to it and you're determined you, you can make nothing out of your you can make nothing into something real quick and so I'm a firm believer that when you when you believe in yourself and work for something you can get anything and and it's just them doing that has showed me, and that's why I believe in myself and, and other guys who are similar so much. 
Stacy Kelly, um, let's see, Mr. Rose, uh, M-I-S-T-Y-R-O-S. These are either friends or families. Vonetta Flowers are in the chat loving what you're saying. They know you pretty well, giving us even more information about you as a player and a person. Any of those names ring a bell? Yes, sir. Yeah, shout out to them. That's uh, auntie in there, uh, beloved friends. Really, my friends are like my family. But, yeah, man, they're, they're great people. Um, they've all had some really good impacts in my life. Uh, it's like it's just, like I said, it's a blessing to have them. All right. Now, I want to know about your brother. Um, <laughs> he's, what, 13 or 14 years younger than you? Is, uh, K, is it Cruz? Is that right? Yes, sir. Yeah, so Cruz Thomas, uh, we have a 15 year split. So, uh, man, he's a character, but <laughs> man, we, we don't we, <laughs> we we don't skip a beat, right? He'll come in whenever I get a chance to come home, wake me up early, bother me or whatever. So I'm like, okay, next morning it's Saturday. You know he doesn't have school, but I still tell him we have school. Get him up real early, get out the door, and then <laughs> he doesn't have school. So, but but yeah, man, he he's awesome. I love him. Uh, it's, it's just been it's been a blessing having in my life. I think we always we always talk about this and how how the house was going to get real quiet soon. But man, when he was born, it was like a another another light shone through the doors, and man, it's just been nothing but a blessing. I, lo- I love my little brother so much, you know. And another reason why I do this is for him. Yeah, uh, I want to be the greatest role model I can for him and and show him that chase your dreams, man. Do whatever it is that you love, because one day. You know, he's going to be a, a dad to somebody. He's going to be my little brother forever, but eventually he's going he's gonna to be, uh, you know, b- bigger than that, right? Yep. So, but, uh, yeah, man, I love him, and I'm, I'm excited to see where the future takes us. Devalio Anderson. I hope I said that right. Devalio, Devalio <laughs> Anderson. Yes, sir. Keaton on the chat. It sounds like a lot of people are excited. It sounds like a lot of the Baylor fans who have been listening to you and not just about football who you are and what a lot of life means to you are excited. You went to West Virginia, then went to JUCO. They were yes, a part sir. of the mix in Arkansas, Mississippi State. Uh, in the end, and I'm sure West Virginia is a place you knew since you were there. In the end, Craig brought this up about Dave Aranda and his role. What was another part of the decision to play at Baylor? And you had other good football teams wanting you to play for them. Yeah, so another another great question. Obviously, Baylor is, is very, very religious-based. It's, it's a Christian community, and I love that. I tell people all the time how much I used to struggle with, with my faith a little bit when I had some tough injuries and things weren't going my way. And I, I used to always ask why. But uh, why, why means a lot of things, you know. Uh, who Who helps you, right? Who hurts you? And then when you think about it, it's really, it's, it's really always both. But then I thought about the who helps you piece, and I started counting all the people who helped me in my life, and the first one I could think of was God. And, you know, like I said, going to Northeast and, and getting a chance to, to reignite that flame has been amazing for me. I think I've, I've always thrived in Christian community because you, you feel it a little more. It hits your heart a little more. And so that, that was definitely a big factor. I mean, like, it's, it's a beautiful place. I had a great time in Waco. The food's amazing. The people are amazing. Uh, it's just, I don't, I don't think I could see myself anywhere else. And, and obviously, uh, I really do appreciate everybody in this process who, who has um, 
offered me and, and shown interest in me and believed in me. But, man, when you get that feeling, I mean, you know, probably when you got married or when you had your first child, like, you just know <laughs> that's the place. That, that's who you're meant to be with her. That's where you're meant to be. KT, well, it's been uh, – I, I I felt like just by our text messages, you had a heck of a personality. There's no doubt about it. And obviously a heck of a football player as well. When do you arrive on campus? Uh, is it the uh, middle of January? When are you going to be here? Yeah, sir. Yeah, so it'll be sometime in January. I don't know yet, but you know, I'm excited. I'm ready to get to work. I'm ready to talk with the guys and, and then get after this thing. We, I can feel it. We're going to do something great. And hey. uh, it's I'm excited. Thank you very much, KT. We appreciate your time. Keaton Thomas, Northeast Mississippi Community College, a part of the show here on 365 Sports. I, I made this comment, and I said this to you guys in a text message as well, is the high school football commitments, obviously the transfer portal has changed that a lot, and you wonder how it affects high school football and recruiting. But we just have not gotten, like if anyone would have committed, we get them on the show. I am thrilled that we got KT Keaton Thomas on the show today. Yeah, he's fantastic. What a great personality and uh, and, and and probably some juice. Like you know some of that energy that Baylor needs, you know, as you're you're trying to fight your way uh you know back out of a 3 and 9 season. They need they need big personalities like that to uh to, to buoy some optimism and go through. So sounds like he's fired up to to be playing for coach Randa, which is exactly uh what Baylor needs. Yeah, I mean it's a, a position of need. It's a you know, player who obviously has a big personality and a sea of just uh, kind of nameless, faceless sort of guys this past year. I mean, I don't mean that as a knock on them personally, but it's just like I don't feel like there was any really juice to anybody that we heard from, right? It was just kind of the same old, like, here's the same guys and here's the same message and here's the same result and hey, let's run it back. And now it's week two and it's week three and nothing ever really changed. And so uh, I think that he brings a little bit of a splash um, with a – you know, a fun personality and uh, hopefully a splash on the field as well to kind of change up some of that monotony and uh, bring a little bit of a different perspective and a little bit of a different attitude and a flavor. So, uh, yeah, very impressed by uh, KT or Keaton Thomas there and uh, seems like a great pickup from uh, just about any angle that you look at it. And uh, they've got a lot of, you know, big decisions on their plate and ones they've already made. I mean, you still have an O-line coach that hasn't been hired just yet, although that appears to be I mean, imminent, it seems like that's uh, any day now. Uh, we could be hearing about an offensive line coach, and once they get that squared away, that's that's it as far as staff goes. And then on the roster side of things, it's become very clear of what you have and what you're not going to have, at least for the spring ball portion of uh, the schedule. There's just two guys who haven't recommitted, I guess, if you want to use that phrase. Everybody on the team, everybody eligible on the entire team has made it be, let it be known if they're coming or going. Uh, or if they're staying, except for two players. Dominic Richardson, who's been here for all of a year from Oklahoma State, and then uh, Javon Gibson, the wide receiver. Those are the only two players eligible to return who have not somehow or another made it known what they're going to do. So uh, waiting on, you know, and maybe they have behind the scenes. It's just not public yet, but uh, it's becoming clear of what they have to work with numbers-wise. It's becoming clear of the direction that they're going, and and uh, dare I say there's actually some excitement around the team. I mean, especially compared to the last several months when it was just very much uh, not an exciting you know thing to talk about or an exciting thing to watch or an exciting thing to really uh, get into when you're talking about the future. And, I mean, really nothing was, was all that great. And now, 
uh, between some of the recruiting juice that you've got, um, the hires that you've made, and some of the clarity you now have on your roster of like, okay, Blake Shapin is gone. Like you, you can start to get a little bit excited about what this new version of this this team can look like under Dave Aranda. Yeah, and it sounds like, uh, and again, by the way, C. Rob, Coach Robinson, the linebackers coach, had a lot to do with this too, uh, for for Baylor. Uh, one note: I was asked about was this a must in getting KT Thomas because of the decommitment of the young man who was committed to Baylor, who eventually committed to Stanford. Um, God, I just went blank on his name. Craig, can you help me out with that one? Uh, yeah, I don't remember his name off the top of my head well, either. He also had and just, now we don't have to. No, yeah. no, we don't have to. But uh, <laughs> I, I bring that up because when I was doing a little bit of digging on that, it, unfortunately they got a, a commitment from a young man that's going to Stanford instead. But he made a decision. And when you go to Stanford, hey, it's hard to say that's a bad decision no matter who else was in the mix. But he also was coming off an ACL injury. That doesn't mean that Baylor did not want him. They would love to have had him on the show, or excuse me, in the program. But this is an immediate pulse impact. They need that. Uh, and believe me, they need that personality and that energy that we heard from J, uh, KT Thomas, too. Uh, this is 365 Sports. Right now, Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram, Fiat, and Waco. No payments for 90 days. No payments till spring of 2024. All Jeep Grand Cherokees, Jeep Compass, and Jeep Renegade get 10% off below MSRP. And if that's not enough, take 11000 off MSRP on the 2023 Jeep Gladiator Overland. Inventory won't last long. Deals are smoking hot. 2023 Ram 1500 Laramie 4x4. Take 15000 off MSRP, 2.9% for 72 months. One of those two options. New 2023 Ram 1500 Lone Star 4x4. Take 12000 off MSRP or 2.9% for 72 months. First responders, get an extra $500 if you want pre-owned cars. Beautiful one owner, 2021. Chevy Suburban High Country loaded 40,000 miles for only 59,990. A sexy 2020 BMW X4 sunroof navigation with 40,000 miles sale price 42,985. How about a one owner top of its class 2019 BMW X7 with all the bells and whistles for only 53,990. 2020 Jeep Gladiator Overland for only 34,990 plus tax title and license. All of the deals. Ted Teague, General Manager, CEO, Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram, Fiat in Waco, Loop 340, east of 84. Pizza, burgers, and Bears football. There's no place around Waco that serves them all other than Bubba's 33. Come show your green and gold and enjoy some of Waco's best food and beverages while watching your favorite team, the Bears. When real Bears fans get hungry, Bubba's 33 is the number one spot for ice-cold drinks, hand-stretched, stone-baked pizzas, and bacon-infused burgers. Join us for indoor or patio dining. Bubba's 33, Waco's restaurant and proud supporter of Baylor Bears football. Sick'em, Bears. Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial needs are in good hands. It's your bank, Alliance Bank Central Texas, with two Waco locations, 4721 Bosque Boulevard and 191 Archway Drive on Highway 84 and at Alliance BankTexas.com. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. 
Ideal MRI, we feel blessed to be part of the Waco community. We're a small family business here in Central Texas. At times like this, the cost of health care has never been more important. And unfortunately, significant illnesses and injuries still occur. And that's why Ideal MRI is open and here to serve you through this difficult time. So if you need an MRI, ask your doctor about Ideal MRI. You can schedule online in minutes at IdealMRI.com or call 833-IDEAL-MRI. It was broad daylight. I stepped into a gas station for five minutes to grab a snack, and just like that, my car was broken into. They made out like a bandit. My laptop, my phone, everything. I called my agent to see what could be done, and he restored my faith in humanity. My claim was processed so quickly, and I was able to recover my losses. Stop by and see our agents at one of our three McLennan County locations. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Stepping into the boots of a U.S. Army officer can add confidence and leadership skills to your son or daughter's career path. See all the things they can achieve in our boots at GoArmy.com. U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company, 254-598-8131 or 254-776-1543. Developed by Startup Waco, a nonprofit organization, GXG is a program designed to support the entrepreneurial development of Baylor University student-athletes through NIL activations. GXG works with partners and donors to offer a suite of options to student-athletes, including connections with local businesses and nonprofits, entrepreneurial development, and other avenues to broaden the NIL profile of student-athletes. The program helps student-athletes maximize their platforms and offers a comprehensive support system for them to create and grow new businesses that not only benefit themselves, but also uplift the local economy. Fans who wish to support student-athletes can donate to GXG via the GXG NIL Fund, BaylorBears.com slash GXG. Donors may wish to support the general fund or direct funds to specific sports. Oversight of the NIL Fund is managed by the Board of Directors of Startup Waco and the Baylor NIL Advisor. Council. GXG is a program of Startup Waco, a tax-exempt organization under Internal Revenue Code Section 501c3. Donors should consult their tax advisors regarding the tax deductibility of donations to GXG. Contributions to support NIL activations through GXG can be made at BaylorBears.com GXG. For more information, follow at GXG underscore GreenXGold on social media and visit the official website Website www.gxg.startupwaco.com. This is 365 Sports. Text us at 254-339-1122. The text line is sponsored by Riverbend Liquor and Wine with the most extensive variety of craft beer in Waco. A hidden gem on Lakeshore Drive and 19th Street. All right, here we go. This 5 o'clock hour. Men's basketball top 25 released today. Kentucky, excuse me, Kansas. Good God. Wash my mouth out with soap. Kansas 2, Houston is 4, Baylor is 6, Oklahoma 11, BYU is 18, and Texas is 19. 
Texas at 19 is a lot lower than uh, a lot of people thought they would be at any point, but this is everybody's playing well, they, tough part. Like Baylor has not hit the toughest part of their schedule, which comes up next week. Baylor knows all about Marquette yeah. beating you up pretty good, yeah, and Marquette so, beat up Texas pretty good yeah. uh, uh, late last week, but they're still a really, really good basketball team. Yeah, Shaka's, Shaka's back to doing – that game was weird uh, to me. I mean, it was not weird. I mean, it was totally expected that Shaka Smart was going to have, you know, some extra juice on the fastball for, for Texas. But it was also Marquette playing the style of ball he could have had Texas playing and decided not to. And now he's back to doing what is his, you know, he, he tried to be a different kind of chef, right? When you know how to cook this kind of food, cook that kind of food. And for whatever reason, the Texas, he decided to be trying to maybe more of a finesse team, and it never worked out for them. And, you know, he could have installed some of that attitude there, and he didn't. I was always surprised about that with Shaka Smart when he was at Texas. Yeah, no, I he did. Maybe the players weren't bought into it, and they could not run that specific type of uh, team, or uh, I guess the offense and defense at Texas, but he's got it smoking well, and he did last year uh, at Marquette. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know that there's uh, Kendall Cat over on our side, I believe, that didn't think that Texas would be a tournament team this year. So, um, you know, we'll see. Rodney Terry and company have a, you know, a lot of season left to play, but that was certainly a, a you know, not a fun loss the other night. I don't know if bad – yeah, it was a bad loss. I mean, you got pretty beat up in that game. I mean, Marquette dominated that game, but – uh, just looking at uh, those Arizona Wildcats, why would they? Why would the Big Twelve want Arizona? Their basketball team. You're talking about like one time they won a championship like years ago. They haven't done anything since then. Remember that conversation? Yeah. Like their basketball program was like archaic now and had nothing going for it. Oh wait, oh there they are, nearly unanimous number ones in the country. Yeah. Whoops. Um, so yeah, Arizona, Kansas, Houston on the coaches' side. I mean, that's the top three is is all set to be in the Big Twelve next season. Um, and you've got a team there at six in Baylor, so four of the top six. Uh, Oklahoma's having a really good year. Um, they're right there hovering on the top ten. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Gonzaga obviously drops with uh, another loss, their second loss of the year to, to uh, was it UW. So um, they drop pretty dramatically. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's fun to get into college basketball season and kind of see where all the chips are falling here early on and about to here post-Christmas really get into the heat of things with conference play. So I'm excited to see that ramp up and give us, uh, you know, another thing to, to kind of not only discuss but to pay attention to and enjoy. Um, but uh, there's definitely shaping up to be a pretty thick race, uh, not only in the Big 12 this year but especially next year when you look at uh, if Arizona can can keep it going and, and what the others could possibly bring to the table. And K-State with Jerome Tang after all the drama from last week go down. I think they beat LSU. Uh, and, again, LSU's kind of just there. But a nice win for them. And, and it, it's going to be just a battering ram. Now – uh, Drake May, quarterback, North Carolina. Paul, Craig, did you think he's back for another year? No, not a chance. He's going to be either the number one or number two overall pick in the draft, depending on um, you know how how those chips fall. You know, if if somebody prefers him to, to Caleb Williams or vice versa, but he's yeah, he was going to go all the time. He's he's a fantastic player. Um, you know, it did not work out for North Carolina this year to to be in contention for the ACC title, uh, and they. They uh, they hit a rough patch, uh, but uh, he's an excellent player. They also lost linebacker Cedric Gray, another really good player who's going to the NFL. Um, 
uh, today as well. Uh, but Drake Mays, the real story uh, there, and, and Max Johnson from A&M transfers in, and he'll get first crack at uh, maybe winning that starting job there in Chapel Hill. But, yeah, not a surprise that he's going to the NFL because he's going to be um, a top-two pick in the draft. Yeah, absolutely no surprise whatsoever. I mean, if, if you thought he was coming back, you probably think that Caleb Williams has a chance of coming back, and there's basically no chance of, of that. Uh, yeah, I never really – I don't think anybody expected Drake May uh, to come back for another year. It's not really much of a point uh, when you're projected the way that he's being projected. So, uh, yeah, really good player. Had a nice run there in Chapel Hill. Still – you know, left quite a bit on the table, but that wasn't necessarily always his fault. And I think he showed the goods and showed why he was a highly coveted guy to begin with and why he'll be a highly coveted guy uh, on the next level. Um, so, yeah, I don't think that that's a shocker in any way. It's just a matter now that the biggest question is of where does he land? And that's going to be the speculation now for the next several months. And throughout this whole process, uh, we're going to get a lot of him and Caleb Williams comparisons. And I'm sure there will be other players that enter that mix as well. Uh, your Marvin Harrison Jr.'s when he makes his decision and, and various others. But, yeah, absolutely no surprise that Drake May is going to the NFL draft. One of the college note that's uh, related to a player, a coach, excuse me, he's been in the NFL, uh, Brian Stewart. Remember him? He was a part of the Baylor staff. Then he went on to uh, coach at Maryland as the defensive coordinator. He was in Nebraska. He's also uh, now going to be the assistant head coach defensive coordinator safeties coach at Middle Tennessee State. That's a note about former Baylor assistant coach, and he's been around in Brian Stewart. Good for him. Uh, now, Derek Mason, uh, the, the new head coach there uh, in Murfreesboro. Now, uh, the Cowboys will never lose another game. Not this year. I said that to Paul a month ago. He disagreed with me. They are mauling people. Yeah, they've had a couple of things go their way, but they took Philadelphia – Took their heart. I saw Demarcus Lawrence with a quote. I just saw the transcription about we were going to keep beating them and beating them until they quit. Uh, you might play them again, but right now the Cowboys are on fire. San Francisco beat both Philly and Dallas, but my goodness, the Cowboys are in a run. Yeah, they're they're playing very well. Dak Prescott has uh, look. If you're still a Dak doubter, then I don't know what to to tell you. The guy the guy is playing out of his mind right now and uh, has has made some adjustments. McCarthy's doing a great job. Like these are things I did not expect to say two months ago uh, because there was just kind of a yeah going into the year about the Cowboys. But uh, Stephon Gilmore, great offseason trade. Uh, Brandon Cooks, great offseason trade. It's funny um, how when you you know, take good players off of bad teams and put them on a on a good team, how it makes your team better, uh, and that you don't have to always, you know, hoard your fifth-round draft picks, Stephen Jones. Uh, so they've made a lot of good moves, and things are, are rolling their way uh, right now. They have a really tough stretch. The next three games they play are at Buffalo, who just beat the Chiefs, at Miami, who is a juggernaut on offense, uh, and uh, then they have to to host the Lions, who who did just lose to the Bears. Are still a really good team, so they've lost a couple in a row, have they not? Or the two out of the last? Yeah, they lost. Yeah, on, they, yeah. they lost on Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, look, they're not in the peak of their season right now. The Cowboys are, but yeah, the NFL it's not for long. So uh, it's it's going well. They're doing things the right way. Um, I still don't think that they can stop San Francisco's running game, which is going to be a problem, but. Uh, things are, are rolling along really well, and CeeDee Lamb, um, in particular to me, is just having one of those years where he was already a star, but now he's broken out into just a superstar. 
Yeah, they beat Philly's ass. I mean, yeah. they, they they did. Um, that was a no-doubter, and there's a lot of big talk heading into that game. I think they left the Eagles stunned, even though the Eagles have kind of felt like, you know, things aren't going exactly how they would love for them to go just team-wise right now. I think there's, like, questions building there. Um, but I don't think that anybody was really expecting them to uh, be on the losing end in that manner. I mean, lose to the Cowboys – in Dallas or in Arlington, excuse me, where they never lose at this point. I mean, that's that's one thing. Their home streak's getting pretty feisty. Fifteen, now. is it right? Fifteen. Um, so to lose there is not, yeah, all that surprising. But to lose how you lost was was pretty incredible. And uh, you know that area is really experiencing a lot of fun right now. I mean, I can only imagine what it must be like for the Texas fans who are also Rangers and Cowboys fans because you've got a team playing for a national title. Uh, you've got a team that's won a World Series, and you've got a team that's uh, shaping up to be a real, legit Super Bowl contender uh, there in the Cowboys. So for those in North Texas who grew up kind of following that whole circle of teams, it's been a been a very fun year, and it could get even bigger for the Cowboys and the Longhorns here coming up over the next few weeks. But, uh, yeah, they're playing excellent right now. They're loaded. Their defense is really, really stinking good, and their offense has always been pretty good, but it's, you know, obviously operating with a much better uh, companion piece there on the defensive side that makes it all that much deadlier. So, yeah, there's there's not a lot to not like about the Cowboys right now. Uh, kill me now with the Cowboys and Texas on well, the verge. <laughs> Look, the, the – uh, Paxton asked me about that earlier. The, no, you're right. I mean, I, I – yeah, I, I don't. I don't root Great for Texas for to uh, to win a national title, but I'm also not going to. You know, if they do, they do. It's not going to ruin my year or anything like that. I mean, it's just a game at the end of the day. Would I prefer, you know, Oklahoma win it? Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I give credit to Texas where it's due. And same thing with the Cowboys. You like them or hate them, but I mean, they're both really, hey, really good teams right now. Both of them have something that they've been missing for the most part for a decade plus for the Cowboys for a long time. They do have what seems to be uh, there's not entitlement that used to eat them up. It's not an overhyped. They were overhyped for years. They seem to have some grit to them. And I love teams that have grit, whether I like them or not, or a fan of them or not, or rather than not win or not. I love the way they both play. They both are they, playing with tremendous amount of passion and with grit, too. Yeah, and they have guys. I do think that sometimes – and, look, I don't think you should build your team with, with free agents but I do or, or trades, but I do think that Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore, who have been a lot of places, can affect this locker room in a way and, like, maybe bring you back down to earth a little bit. Because sometimes – I'm like, I remember being in a locker room after the Cowboys beat, like, a 2-10 a and 10, Washington team one time and the guys were reacting as if they had won the NFC championship and I was like man somebody needs this, to put that like, in perspective somebody's gonna like somebody's gonna bring them back down to earth and, and it like it happened they got to the playoffs it happened it happened it happened and this is a different uh a vibe around them and that they're they're doing really well. Mike McCarthy's found his his second life as a coach. I like I know that you know he's not the best, you know, when it comes to game management and some choices and he's can be uh, overly aggressive at the wrong times, but it's worked out for this team. Uh, their offensive line has played really great lately and they're also um, 
doing something they haven't done in the past. Like, look, Philadelphia's come in struggling. So make them keep struggling. Like, that was another thing the Cowboys used to do is a team comes in on their, like, worst turn of the year, and then all of a sudden they got right versus the Cowboys because the Cowboys didn't take them seriously. Well, losing that game. the Arizona game? Well, that also they had three offensive linemen out, so that was going to be tough to win no matter what. NFL teams are are all good no matter – even if they're bad, like, they're still good. But they're still good football players. So – yeah, they all get paid to do it. Yeah, I, I, like they've caught the Eagles, and the Eagles are are especially on defense in kind of a void right now. Uh, Jalen Hurts is turning the ball over a lot. Like, of course, everybody was turning the ball over the Eagles that's last night. Fumble he had early. I mean, that set the entire tone yeah, for the did. game. Yep. I mean, that it was did. like as soon as that happened, that was just whoop, flip, sw- flip that switch, and it's all Cowboys from here on. They out. peeled the ball out of three arms. One of them, AJ Brown, who's a man, a grown man. And then also Devontae Smith at the end, who's very frail as far as that, but still a hell of a put player. And the Jalen Hurts, and you're right, three turnovers. And uh, one of the Eagles' touchdowns was a fumble return, which is part of the game. That really kind of like – It was also late. Whoa! Yeah. 24-13, there was still time left, but Dallas was the better team last night pretty much from the time they kicked it off. I mean, how they about, were, how they about were... Aubrey the kicker? I mean, he's he's. I'll uh, get to him in a second, but I mean, yeah, that fumble was there. I mean, that was their last gasp. Like, if they didn't do something really kind of at that point, they were pretty much up S Creek, and they did. But then they didn't have the ability to really follow that up with it much of anything. So yeah, they had a chance to kind of get back in that, and uh, to again Dallas's credit, they're they're just too good, and they didn't allow Philly to to make it more of a game. They pretty much dominated in every way, shape, and form. And uh, yeah, uh, that is. You know, a name that's uh, probably not familiar to really just about anybody. But, um, you know, suddenly the Cowboys have a kicker that you can put up there with the best of them at the moment in Aubrey. And, um, yeah, I don't know what kind of history he's flirting. Like, I don't know kicker records. And it seemed like he was approaching some last night with multiple, you know, Ridiculous. near 60 yarders. And uh, just the way he was booting it through effortlessly, uh, he was super impressive and you know, you can have kickers that are solid and good and, and all of that, but he's almost like an actual weapon for you now <laughs> suddenly where you, oh, we we kick a 61-yard field goal or we have to go for it. Well, usually you'd be going for it most likely, and now you're like, yeah, we can kick a 61-yard field goal. I also do think, though, that's the NFL in general. Like The, the amount of kicks the kickers over 50 are not, yards and 60 yards is crazy. It's not as crazy as it used to. Like it's, Dudes are doing this juiced. regularly, and if you look at the kicker stats, I mean, guys are still missing kicks. Even an extra point on occasion. Yeah. But for the most part, like, if you miss a couple kicks, like, you're out of the league. I mean, it, there's just no room for it anymore because guys are too good. And they're kicking consistently like it's a 30-yarder from 50 at this point. Well, so it's pretty incredible. His 60-yarder last night and the 59-yarder would have both been good from about 65 yeah. or 66. Yeah, I mean, he they just had plenty of height on it, it when it went over the bar. Yeah. All right, one other note in the NFL, and again... You bought your uh, Super Bowl ticket, Chet, Paul? We no, have, no I, 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 will not, I will not officially get excited about this team until they're in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, because they haven't been that since the last like, time. If they the get in the Bowl NFC Championship in game, then, uh, then I'll be optimistic. So yeah. who's the team you worry about the most? The 49ers. Okay, yeah. yeah. And we got to mention uh, Brock Purdy uh, continuing to have Iowa an excellent State's run own. there with uh, with the 49ers and, and fun watching him thrive on the next level. But uh, that's a that's a fun team in general for I sure. I think the football is as juiced as baseball was once and as much as the golf ball is right now in professional golf. When we come back, Ryan Abraham inside Troy on the uh, North Dakota State head coach joining Lincoln Riley staff. And what has it been like? 
uh, with them in the transfer portal and much more. And this is 365 Sports. One size fits all. That may be all right for an adjustable belt or cheap sunglasses, but when it comes to your financial needs, no one wants a one size fits all strategy. Ben Erlinson, your Edward Jones financial advisor, knows that his most important goals are yours. That's why he takes the time to understand your needs, knowing you. That's how Edward Jones makes sense of investing. Ben Erlinson, 100 North 6th Street in Waco, 254-759-8533. Edward Jones, member SI. PC. Baylor Scott & White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics, the team physicians for Baylor Athletics, diagnosing and treating all sports-related injuries, including concussions. These specialists also provide orthopedic services for athletes and non-athletes alike. Whether it's knee or shoulder pain, a wrist injury, orthopedic spine care, and even an arthritis and total joint clinic. Trust the doctors Baylor Athletics trust. Baylor Scott & White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics wants to get you back in the game. TFNB Your Bank for Life is the official local bank of Baylor Athletics. Find out why more Central Texans are making TFNB their bank for life. Sign up for our Edge checking and savings accounts to earn interest or cash back. With five convenient locations and an award-winning mobile app, banking has never been easier. TFNB Your Bank for Life. Member FDIC. Did you know that one out of every four men have symptomatic low levels of testosterone and don't even know it? And if you think you're too young to worry about it, guess again. Low T levels can make you feel tired and grumpy. Raise your cholesterol and cause weight gain. Petty Clinic Low T can set up same-day blood screening and results. So if you're tired of being tired, call or go online at PettyClinicLowT.com. It's a private clinic with an atmosphere catering to men. Affordable, only $165 a month, including lab work, office consultation, testosterone injections, and follow-up visits. Compared to $300 or more a month in Dallas or Austin, and you don't have to drive 90 miles one way or the other and fight the traffic. Petty Clinic Low T has board-certified physician consultations and will provide the best form of brand-strength testosterone. Contact Petty Clinic Low T for increased energy, improvement in sexual desire, and performance, mood, concentration, even a decrease in body and belly fat. Just off Highway 84 and Old Hewitt Drive in Woodway, PettyClinicLowT.com. Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. The 5 o'clock hour is sponsored by Edward Jones Investments with financial advisor Ben Erlinson, who will navigate you through today's financial climate. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Now here's David Smoke, Paul Catalina, and Craig Smoke. North Dakota State head coach Matt Entz, now a part of the Lincoln Riley staff, or will be at USC. Ryan Abraham, our go-to at InsideTroy.com covering USC. Ryan, what kind of a hire is this, and and, uh, and kind of how much it does boost his staff? Yeah, I think uh, to go out and uh, and get some you know additions to this defensive staff. You know, getting uh, Danton Lynn over from UCLA. 
uh, I thought was a big one just because you're taking a, a coach away from a rival. And then whenever you get a head coach that's had a lot of, you know, a, a lot of success, uh, even at the FCS level to kind of join your staff and, uh, both are things as a position coach, you know, position coach, and it'll be a little bit more than that, I think, for him. But uh, I think it's a good one for for USC. It probably means that Brian Odom, who came over with Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma, is probably not going to be on the staff anymore. But we we thought this was going to be more than just a defensive coordinator offseason. The defense was bad all around. I don't think anybody's job was safe. So it looks like a pretty good hire, at least on paper, uh, so far for Lincoln Riley. How much does Lincoln Riley need to do this to get? Um, kind of his his swing back because you know the the way that they you know lost at the end of last season the way that this season did not go with the best player in America uh, how they wanted to go does does he need the defense to help him reestablish that he's Lincoln freaking Riley? It, that's a great way to put it, and uh, it's hard for me because when you go out and hire somebody with that sort of resume, you know you they have a little bit of a leash. You give them some time and. I don't know if it was just the style of offense, especially a lot of the old school USC fans don't want to see. They still want to see like student body left, student body right, all that kind of stuff. There's the, anything associated with an air raid and not that he runs that fully, but there's, I think that just kind of gets downvoted by fans just in general. If you're winning, it's fine. But once you, like you mentioned, the end of last year didn't end the way they wanted. They start off six and oh, they weren't even behind in a game for the first five games and then they lose five of the last six and just look terrible especially on the defensive side he's lost a lot of the fan base which to me is kind of shocking but I guess this is, that's the way modern college football works right now so I think some of it is just sort of getting some of that back uh from the fans just to be, you know, be like hey I'm still looking like you said I'm still looking for your Riley we're gonna get the defense fixed the offense is still gonna be good and win a bunch of games going to the Big Ten but he his the you know the shine has come off a little bit and uh, I think it's faster than I ever thought it would be but you know like I said it's probably just the way college football is right now Ryan as far as uh Matt Ince goes I mean what have kind of been your initial I guess in, in your research things that stood out but also where does he in your mind get started when it comes to uh getting to work on on retooling this defense yeah, I think if you go back, you know, four or five years, uh, even, you know, later in the Clay Helton era, and, you know, different defensive coordinators, different linebackers, they just have not got a lot of production out of the linebacker spot. I mean, they've had like a guy like Tuli Tupelotu leading the nation in sacks. They've had guys have like all-American type of seasons, like a Kalen Bullock in the secondary. And they've had talent at linebacker. They just haven't been able to have these guys that are, you know, very productive, and that's I think that's where you want a lot of your production to come from. You know, I mean, it's, if it's if your secondary is making a lot of tackles, there's probably something wrong in your front seven. I think the linebackers can fix a lot of problems up front and you know and behind them, and it just seems like they've not been productive there. So, uh, you know, recruiting and and talent acquisition and all that stuff, you know, is, is important. But I think really developing that position and having them putting guys that are athletic in a position to shine and you know lead the team in tackles and uh get a bunch of takeaways whatever you need to do to get that production going at a linebacker spot you could just impact so much from there and usc's just been it's sort of been like a, a black hole so i think that's the biggest thing develop these guys a little bit but get them to be productive members they just we just haven't seen that kind of production that you need 
at a linebacker spot for several years at USC. Ryan, only because we like to clarify things. Obviously, Caleb Williams is not going to play in the bowl game. He's going to be perhaps the number one pick in the draft. I can't imagine maybe one or two. Drake May is entering the draft too. But uh, was there any kind of disagreement between Lincoln Riley and Caleb on opting out of the bowl game? Is that just smoke that was out there from social media type people? Yeah, we haven't heard anything along those lines. They were kind of keeping everything sort of close as far as like what, you know, what he was going to do. I mean, Caleb, you know, his family had said things about potentially coming back, but it just, none of that sort of passed the smell test over, you know, when people would ask me, I'm like, I, I can't see any scenario where he would come back, but it's called, you know, anything could happen. Um, but yeah, I think this is just more, it's kind of a business decision. If it was a better bowl game, I think, you know, he's the kind of guy when, you, you know, he's just a very competitive player. And if it was playing in a New Year's Six Bowl or a better bowl or obviously even at like the playoffs, I think he's playing for sure. But the fact that they lost five of the last six, you know, playing in a bowl game is probably not going to help his draft stock all that much. So I feel like that's just sort of like the decision that was made there. But I, to my knowledge, there wasn't any sort of rift between those guys. They seem to be, you know, pretty close as far as, you know, working together, you know, the, the two seasons that they were at USC and, then, of course, the season in Oklahoma, too. So I kind of think that's sort of where it was. And if they were in a better bowl game, he probably would have played. But because it was, you know, just a holiday bowl, you're 7-5, and five, uh, just kind of move on and get ready for the draft. All right, finish this sentence for me, Ryan. The starting quarterback in 2024 at USC will be? I have no idea. I would say uh, right now it's probably – I'm going to go Miller Moss. Uh, they have Malachi Nelson, who was the five-star, but we just haven't seen a lot of him. He came in sort of banged up a little bit, and Miller Moss has really just been the guy, the number two guy. He's going to get all the first-team reps and practice getting into the – the bowl game, but I, I think it's still TBD because they're, you know, we know that Lincoln Riley's met with like Will Howard from Kansas State, and there's other players, you know, like, uh, you know, Cam Moore, guys that are just in the mix as far as like being talked to. And maybe they haven't, you know, he maybe hasn't made a decision to bring somebody in. But I feel like you could bring somebody in, uh, like a stopgap, like a, a, you know, a fifth year guy that's going to play one year. You could bring in someone that's younger that would have more time to sort of develop and uh, it'd probably be more of a competition where you're not just bringing in a guy to be the, the starter or you could bring in a depth guy because they're not going to have a lot of scholarship quarterbacks on the roster. So maybe you, it goes with Miller Moss or Malachi Nelson and you bring someone else to kind of help with depth. So I think there's some options for Lincoln Riley. My gut is though, he's going to go out and get somebody, but since they haven't got anybody yet, I'm going to go with Miller Moss and then, uh, we'll see, you know, after that, maybe, you know, he could wow everybody bowl practices and, and then the bowl game and uh, kind of secure it or at least, you know, give him a, a leg up when it comes to the starting spot next year. But if I had to bet, I, I'm betting he's probably going to bring somebody in over the next couple of weeks. And then that person would likely be the, the favorite in the clubhouse to be the starter next year. Right. It's interesting. Uh, the Pac-12 title game came down to two teams that will be going along with USC to the Big Ten. Uh, Texas ends up winning the Big 12 in their final you know, season. Obviously, USC would have liked to have ended things similarly. Uh, but what was that final season in the Pac-12 like from your point of view? Was it hostile crowds? Was it anything different, really? Or is that just kind of a media creation? How, how did you feel about that final run in the Pac? Yeah, you know, USC didn't get to play either team that's staying. So they, they lost, or they, didn't, they missed Washington State and Oregon State, but everyone else was leaving. So <laughs> it's kind of one of those things that you can't really be hostile anymore. If, 
if the Pac-12 had tried to stay together and maybe just Colorado left and everyone else stayed and they were going to add like San Diego State, I think it might have changed things. Like you go, you know, playing Utah or um, you know playing Arizona, you know, th- those kind of schools. I think it would be a little crazier. But because everybody sort of just dispersed and everyone left, um, I don't think there was that way. I, I think maybe like the the Apple Cup and the Civil War. I think you know the, you know Washington Oregon were able to win both those, but I think both those teams, you know, that were left behind the, the you know, the Cougars and the, and the beefs, I think we're both, you know, kind of fired up for that one. But I think if, if, if it was only USC and UCLA leaving, or maybe just Colorado come joining them, I think it would have been a little bit more hostile, but because everyone was going, I think everyone's sort of worried, you know, take care of your own house as opposed to worrying about oh, USC screwed the PAC 12 and sank this ship. So we're going to get mad. It just seemed like everybody was kind of doing their own thing. Do you like the fact that Oregon and Washington are joining the fray as well? I think it's better for West Coast. I mean, just because I think this trap that we don't know how this travel thing is going to work out, mm-hmm. especially with uh, the you know non-revenue sports. I, I think that's not going to be something you could sustain. I think they're going to have to figure that out sooner rather than later. But the, the football part you can do, but having some West Coast uh, partners here, which it's not an easy trip to get to Seattle, but it's, it's easier than getting to like Maryland. So I, <laughs> I feel like if you're um, going to have some West Coast schools with you, having big brands like Oregon or Washington would help. I mean, Cal Stanford, like those are, you know, it would be nice just because they're kind of rivals. They played each other forever and they're still in the state. It's a quick trip, but they're just, they don't, they haven't taken football as seriously as like an Oregon or Washington has. So I, I think it makes the big 10 conference a lot better. And just having some West Coast kind of partnership, it, you know, it, it's also something where like, you know, Penn State's only West Coast trip would, might not be the USC or UCLA. They might have to go to, you know, Seattle or something too. Uh, so I feel like it's, you know, if you were to only two teams on the West Coast, I think you'd be a little bit of a disadvantage. And having a couple more teams, I think, helps spread that out a little bit. But it's going to be tough. I mean, those are tough road trips. But I think it's, I think it's good for those teams to have some extra West Coast schools there. Uh, on the football side, and we'll see, you know, I think helps with the Olympic sports and stuff as well. Yeah, and USC can still cross paths with Cal and Stanford in the airport as USC is going to Rutgers and uh, Cal and Stanford are going to North Carolina to play their their (laughs) conference games. Wild world of realignment, right? It's crazy. I mean, it's it's hard to imagine that this is really happening. And, you know, we're still waiting on the exact schedule for Oregon State, Washington State. The fact they don't even know who they're going to play. I mean, they know who they play, but not like when they're playing and all that stuff is crazy and all the schedules came out later. And when you sort of like reset and go through the off season and be like, all right, uh, next year, here's what the schedule looks like. It's just nuts. And uh, I, it's just one of those things where you're going to like look around halfway through the schedule and go, Oh my God, this isn't working. Why are we doing this? Uh, it's for money. But you know, I, I feel like we might have some moments like that, especially on the, you know, non-revenue sports side. Like, oh, I don't even know what's going to happen there, but it's, it's sort of like it was like this uh, avalanche. You're just kind of there's no way to stop it, and it happened. And we're gonna like kind of look at the aftermath after you know next season, and we go like, what did we do? But mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. But it's uh, it's it's a crazy time for sure. Yeah, it's it's gonna be um, you know different when like the those non revenue coaches like all walk into the athletic director's office together and be like, we are not going to keep doing this. Like this is insane. Uh, and then that, like that'll just. I do think, Ryan, though, that'll work itself out where you'll get your regional conferences back, just not for football. That would make the most sense. And college football is as nutty as it gets, and it doesn't always make sense. But, I mean, I think you could 
you could do this where it doesn't matter what conference you play, you know, if it's a non-revenue sport, play people in your region, you know, and um, we've already had things set up, you know, with the Pac-12 and all the different conferences. So it, that would just make a lot of sense where you don't have to have everybody. Football is just different. I think over the years, people didn't want to treat it differently. They don't want, you know, I don't think it should be part of Title IX. I mean, it just it creates all this revenue for every sport that's out there. It's almost like it has to be a, a separate organization, I think. And we'll see. I mean, maybe that's going to happen going forward. But it, I don't think you can keep college football and, like, water polo categories just going forward. It doesn't make much sense. I, I, I appreciate it. Again, Ryan Abraham, uscfootball.com, inside Troy. Craig? So, Ryan, before we let you go, going back to the, the Trojans specifically, so the change at defensive coordinator, the, the changes uh, on the staff, kind of what remains, uh, I guess, besides a Caleb Williams decision, what is on y'all's radar as far as the, the big moves to be made here in the next few weeks and months? they got to see about the staff, uh, you know, already and we'll see kind of where that goes and you know I, I guess sort of you know what what he's going to change as far as team and how to prepare and will practices be different and all that i think he turned ucla around and what he thinks to do that in college football with a defensive coordinator just you know different scheme different everything and you can kind of with the same personnel ucla from 20 to 20 from defense to like the teams it's done a lot better with not really adding a lot of people. That's the the biggest one you're going to do this offseason. But really, just hasn't gone as well high school recruiting for Lincoln Riley. I think USC is not the best when it comes to NIL. All right, he's going to build on. Ryan, thank you very much. We lost you there uh, for a little bit. Ryan Abraham on mainly the uh, coach from North Dakota State joining the staff, but a lot of things, USC, after an incredibly disappointing year uh, with what they ended up at 7-5. and five. Now, uh, when we come back, there was a prediction earlier in the afternoon that the Ohio State-McCord could end up in Lincoln. That may not be true. There might be somebody else who ends up in Lincoln. Well, it might be both of them because McCord only has one year. So. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll have that news and more. And Brett Yormark's twin brother, Michael, not yet. We're going to show you a picture of him. He was Fran Fraschilla. And the question was by Dolly Drama, who's great, a UCF fan alum. When you look at Michael Yormark in the next segment, what do you think he does for a living? This is 365 Sports. Riverbend Liquor and Wine, Lakeshore Drive and North 19th Street. That's the OG, the classic location. Now they have a new location on Franklin Avenue in downtown Waco. Look, if you are headed to that holiday party and you need some craft beer, uh, you need some spirit, whatever you need, Riverbend Liquor and Wine is the place to go. They've got everything you could possibly need, especially if you're going to get, like, uh, you know, a white elephant gift. I, I know that uh, I was at a party this last week, got a white elephant gift um, that was uh, a craft bourbon, and they got it at Riverbend uh, Liquor and Wine. It is the best place to go for the local craft bourbons. Unbelievable what they have. It's If it's made in Texas, if it's a craft bourbon, it is at Riverbend Liquor and Wine. Lakeshore Drive at North 19th Street and now in downtown Waco. Ring in the new year with unbeatable savings on the new 2023 Ram trucks during the wrap-up-the-year sales event at Allen Samuels in Waco. Take advantage of this limited-time opportunity and start the new year in style. Shop our great selection in-store or online today. 
With so many companies and policies out there, it gets so confusing shopping for insurance, and I never know if I'm getting the policy that's right for me. Luckily, I met the team at the Niche Group Insurance Agency. With the Niche Group, you can go to one company and get access to coverage options from many insurance carriers, and you get to speak to a real person about your specific coverage needs. With the Niche Group, I know I'm getting the right coverage at the right price. If you need insurance, talk to the experts at the Niche Group at 1-800-258-8302. Pizza, burgers, and Bears football. There's no place around Waco that serves them all other than Bubba's 33. Come show your green and gold and enjoy some of Waco's best food and beverages while watching your favorite team, the Bears. When real Bears fans get hungry, Bubba's 33 is the number one spot for ice-cold drinks, hand-stretched, stone-baked pizzas, and bacon-infused burgers. Join us for indoor or patio dining. Bubba's 33, Waco's restaurant and proud supporter of Baylor Bears football. Sikkim Bears. Looking to connect with Baylor alums in your area? Baylor alumni can help. Looking to host a watch party in your city? Baylor alumni can get you started. Want to step out in your community and serve with other alums? Baylor alumni is your connection with the university and each other. Let's get started. Learn how at baylor.edu slash alumni. Samantha Duvall, TexasBeefHouse.com in White House, Texas, just outside of Tyler in East Texas. And another auction, Samantha, is gone. Aged Wagyu beef and so much more you have on your ranch. How did it go? And what is next? So we had our Very Merry Beef auction. We tried doing one completely online this time, and it went really well. It lasted for over three days. We are planning another auction January 30th. This auction will be an in-person, online also, a live auction like we did the first time. When you come out to the ranch, dinner is going to be provided. It'll um, be a variety of steaks, hamburger, sausage, tri-tip, brisket, roast, all of the different Wagyu cuts. But we still have online our family bundles, summer sausage. That's a huge hit this time of year. It's perfect to give to teachers or hostess gifts or to have out on your charcuterie board for your Christmas dinner. We have those available online. Our last day for shipping is December 13th. That way we can make sure that you've got it there for by Christmas. TexasBeefHouse.com. Use your Stick'em 10 code to get 10% off. So we just want to tell all of our customers, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and thank you so much for your continued support in the year of 2023, and we hope that you return to us in 2024. And they will. Repeat customers, because the product is amazing. Aged Wagyu Beef, TexasBeefHouse.com, and this is 365 Sports. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Stop by and see our agents at one of our three McLennan County locations. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. 365 Sports is turbocharged by Unite Private Networks. Find out more at UnitePrivateNetworks.com. Thank you very much to UW fan Jim. $2 Super Chat. You guys are the best. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Jim. We appreciate that. We appreciate you listening, watching us. We do appreciate the Super Chats, and obviously thank you very much and spread the word. Now, if Nebraska had a, uh, with all due respect, if they had a quarterback that could walk and chew gum last year, they probably would have been eight and four, nine and three. They really would have been. They had just way too many turnovers. Led the country in turnovers. 
Now, all of a sudden, on the verge of National Signing Day, this is on Dylan Riola. Remember him, the star, five-star quarterback who flirted with Nebraska a little bit, and I mean that as he was very much interested, committed to Georgia, and now Steve Wiltbong, 247, among many others, are saying that they now are putting up a crystal ball that he could or that he's headed to Nebraska. Well, and he's been committed to Georgia since May. Uh, he's a legacy there, as you know. His father played there. His uncles uh, played there and is on the staff. Uh, so uh, this would be the biggest get for Matt Rule in his uh, his tenure at Nebraska. And, I mean, it's not the only quarterback that they need to get because they need to get a, a guy who can for sure, you know, at least start for them next year because they don't have like, – Jeff Sims is officially in the portal now. Not that they were going to want him to start anyway. That's uh, – that's that's good news for Nebraska, but they don't have a, a a Big Ten starting caliber quarterback on their roster right now. And but getting that first big five star recruit in would be enormous for the Huskers. Yeah, I mean the the Jeff Sims thing that's totally unsurprising, but that's also kind of what I was talking about earlier. Of like, it's one thing if you got hurt and you know you're making up a year or whatever, but that COVID year, man, there's just dudes just hanging around, right? Just yeah. hanging around, like school three, school four. I just. Good for them, but it's just it's a it's a log jam, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, you couldn't bring back Jeff Sims and and run that back, or or not make a have a major shakeup at quarterback and and have the fans uh, as bought in as they were before. Um, you can have some blind loyalty, but I mean, it was pretty clear that was a huge weakness of theirs last year, and that there was in desperate they were in desperate need of, of revamping that. So, uh, getting a five star five star freshman who's uh, also a legacy. And not just a legacy, but, you know, uh, a very familiar name, that Rayola name there in Nebraska lore, uh, would be uh, absolutely massive for uh, uh, for uh, Matt Rule and company. And, you know, I'm, they're very active, in the, I'm sure, in the transfer portal or going to continue to be. And um, I would think that uh, there's definitely, uh, you know, a number of quarterbacks they would love to have uh, join them there to give Rayola some time. But if they could pull off the double move of getting a big-time transfer and then also land in a big-time five-star freshman, I mean, I don't know how you could – plan it any better if you're Matt Rule and staff so um, yeah that's huge to see that they're gaining a bit of momentum in uh, in regards to flipping Rayola and we'll see if they can pull it off but my goodness what a what a massive move that would be they were not you know there was quarter right play was not something we talked about much when they were here they had Charlie Brewer basically that was their guy and you know he was very good at times and very gritty at all times, and, you know, a solid college quarterback, but he was not like a star. You know what I mean? He was not like a, a star type of player. When you're talking about like a guy like a Rayola, they, I think that's when you're starting to talk about like those those difference makers at that position uh, that can really change your program. And so uh, that's not something he's he's really had at his disposal a lot. I mean, P.J. Walker was a fine quarterback. He was a good quarterback. He was in the NFL, but he wasn't like a star, right? Jalen McClendon was a a good-bodied quarterback who hung around in the NFL and the XFL and whatnot and was fine. Charlie Brewer, fine. Zach Smith, fine. But, like, a true star, that's uh, that's not something he's necessarily had, and, and that would certainly be the case, and perhaps two, two if he can pull off the veteran and freshman move here. Well, yeah, they turned it all over, all of the quarterbacks. So one game, all three turned it over one time in a game. Meanwhile, this was it, and we got to come to uh, Paul's top five, too. Here was another uh, prediction that Kyle McCord, Ohio State transfer quarterback who entered the portal, which was a big surprise, and they are apparently right in the mix for him too. 
Yeah, that would be, look, he's 11 and one in the big 10 and look, he's not, um, you know, he's got one year left and that's what they need. Uh, also wouldn't be surprised to see Ohio state wide receiver, Julian Fleming come with him. Uh, he was there on the same, uh, at the same time visiting, uh, Nebraska. That would be another hit for them because they really, if you watch that game against Iowa, I know Iowa's defense is good, but Nebraska, um, just on that one in particular, they just did not win at the skill positions like they needed to, uh, especially at wide receiver. So Julian Fleming, who was a really high, uh, highly ranked recruit a few years ago, uh, coming uh, could be possibly coming with him. But Kyle McCord and Dylan Riola in the same uh, you know kind of swing would be huge for Matt Rule. Yeah, it'd be, that's what I was talking yeah, about. I mean, yeah, that's exactly go. what you'd want. You get the, the. I mean, I'm not saying Kyle McCord's a star, but he did just go what eleven and one, uh, or not, I guess. That have been his overall record. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I was trying to think at the very beginning of the year, but uh, yeah, um, when they were sorting Notre out, Dame right, and, right. Yeah. I was just I was sorting out the the quarterback race in my mind from the very uh, from the preseason and how that ended up working out right at the very beginning. But yeah, I mean that would uh, be right up uh, what I was just talking about and, and and right up their alley. I would imagine uh, having the veteran there for a year give Rayola time to uh, get acclimated and then. Uh, be expecting to, uh, along with some others, you know, have a great quarterback battle for 2025. So, yeah, I, I, that would be the picture-perfect scenario, you would think, for Matt Rule and the Cornhuskers, and would uh, love to see that for them. So there's a couple of things at the end. Also, Brett Yormark's twin brother, Michael. This was a tw- uh, post that was put up on Twitter, and if there's Fran Fraschella in the between the two brothers, and the post was, what do you think Michael does for a living? Or what? Looking at him, what do you think he might do for a living? Um, with a jacket that tight, I would think he'd be a fashion designer. But um, there were a handful of those that said he probably put people into suits. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, he has some kind of crazy huge job. I know. I know. Business the answer to this. and sports entertainment executive currently serves as the president and chief of branding and strategy at Rock Nation. Yeah, as well as president and CEO at Sunrise Sports Entertainment of the Florida Panthers organization in the NHL. So there was that put up. I did not realize they are twin brothers, but uh, good-looking dudes, and, and they were all taking that picture. Dolly Lama, Lama, thank you for that, a UCF alum. All right, anything else? Paul Catalina and the top five coming up next. Waco Custom Marketplace, 425 Lake Air Drive in Waco. This is what they have for this week. Snow crab legs, $12.99 a pound. King crab legs at $32 a pound. And then also country-style ring sausage at $2.99 a pound. Whole chickens at $1.40 a pound. Smoked whole turkeys at $3.50 a pound. And they've got turkeys whatever pretty much size you want. Some use turkeys, of course, cook turkeys on Thanksgiving. But some even do that during the holidays leading up to Christmas, too. Also, tri-tip at $4.99 a pound, and chuck roast at $5.99 a pound. Holiday gift boxes available. Just ask them, or when you go to the store, tell them you want to know a little bit more about the holiday gift boxes. And I think they've got a sheet or two up on the wall that explain what those could be. They're a full-service butcher shop, full-service bakery. They have cold beer and wine. Waco Custom Marketplace at 425 Lake Air Drive in Waco. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has been proudly serving Texans across the state for over 60 years. Call 254-772-8090 to find an agent who will provide a free review of your auto, home, and life coverage. 
Boozers is the wedding ring store and more. If you're ready to get engaged or already married and want to upgrade your wife's ring for a special anniversary, Boozers is the place to go. With the largest selection of premier quality diamond engagement rings and wedding rings in Central Texas. They have seven cases with over 300 styles of rings from top designers like Natalie Kay. Choose from yellow, white, or rose gold, plus beautiful top quality loose diamonds. With an in-house jewelry, they can also custom make anything you want. Bring in a picture or drawing and let Boozers create your one-of-a-kind pendant or ring. They can even use some of your old gold and diamond jewelry to create something new. At Boozers, you'll find a great selection of quality timepieces, and Boozers is the place for expert watch maintenance and repairs, too. They specialize in expert Rolex watch repair for fine jewelry, watches, custom work, and more. Go to Boozers on Valley Mills and Lake Air Drive in Waco. Time for Paul Catalina's Top 5. Brought to you by Texas Beef House. Where's the best beef in Texas? Your house when you order from Texas Beef House. Unleash the flavor of Texas raised Wagyu. From our pasture to your plate, TexasBeefHouse.com. Top 5 fits for Dante Moore. Last year's, what, number one or two quarterback in the portal. Uh, he was he's a five-star guy. Played... A little bit at UCLA and looked, you know, like a like he kind of looked like a five star freshman where he had moments where it was like, holy cow, this guy is good. And then other like some days a five star, some days a freshman uh, turned the ball over a little bit too much. But he's in the portal and has plenty of interest. So the top five fits for Dante Moore. Number five, Miami. Mario Cristobal needs to hit on a quarterback in the worst way. Uh, and Dante Moore going down there would bring some of that juice back. Uh, to Coral Gables and, you know, the the U that they've been missing at that position for a very, very long time. Uh, and he's someone that they would have for two years so they could build around and, and behind him. Uh, but, you know, I do think that when you start to get in some of these other teams involved that are maybe a little bit better, it might be a little bit tough. But if Miami is really serious and Mario Cristobal is really serious, this is something, and I do believe he is – supposed to visit there i know that they've got cam ward in for a visit tomorrow so we'll see how this goes down but uh this is absolutely a guy they need to look at uh yeah i'd rather have cam ward yeah uh, 10 times out of 10 um so we'll see how that plays out obviously you wouldn't you'd, you'd have the benefit with uh, dante Moore of having a couple years but uh, give me cam ward and let me sort out the rest of it on the other yeah. side of it but yeah certainly they're in the market if they were to swing and miss on ward then you know i think that you know, Moore just gets that I think much. Ward has a couple of visits after that yeah. he's taken. So. so, I mean, there's definitely going to be – it's it's like, uh, you know, you don't know uh, – it's like Baylor Blake Shave. You didn't know if he's going to the portal or not, but you're still searching out for guys yeah. regardless. So, you know, I'm sure Miami's checking all the boxes and not just putting all their eggs in one basket. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Moore would make sense for a team that obviously needs a quarterback. Uh, the Tyler Van Dyke situation last year uh, did not work out, I think, like – uh, anybody really expected it to. I know Miami's got some young guys, um, but uh, they could certainly use a, a sure thing. And um, Cam Moore will provide that. Dante Moore, not a sure thing. That's the thing about him. He's yeah. very talented, but it's not like, you know, um, Kyle McCord even, who's yeah. jumping. I mean, he doesn't have that kind of experience. It was very hit or miss for him this past year. Um, and, and mostly miss in the long run. But, uh, yeah, the Hurricanes need a quarterback. Number four, Washington. 
uh, have some maybe more veteran guys like on the back end of that roster, but nobody with a lot of experience. Dylan Morris, who was their starter a couple of years ago in the pre-Michael Penix Jr. days, uh, he's in the portal and, and probably wasn't going to get that starting job anyway. Um, you know, this would allow him to stay on the West Coast and um, – you know, actually, the next four teams on this list are all Big Ten teams uh, now, uh, with Washington heading there next year. But this one with Kalen DeBoer would seem to make a lot of sense. And Kalen DeBoer is a guy that I think a lot of people are going to want to play for because he is a stud coach uh, and is going to start just, uh, I think, pouring out NFL talent there. So I think this would be a good fit because you can step into an offense that, that operates pretty well uh, there at UW. Yeah, I mean, losing Michael Penix is an absolutely massive loss. I mean, that's, it's going to be really hard to replace him no matter what you're able to, to go out there and get in the transfer portal. I know that uh, they've got uh, some you know young talent that they're excited about there in, uh, in Washington and Austin Mack, um, but you just lost your, your veteran backup who could have come back for a six-year and uh, Dylan Morris. Uh, he entered the transfer portal, so if there was a little bit of a stopgap to be had there, that's now – that's now gone, but I don't know that you really want to throw a, the young guy to the wolves just yet, so it would make a lot of sense for them to go ahead and, and get somebody uh, else in the transfer portal, and I'd imagine that they will. And so Dante Moore doesn't check the box necessarily of like a veteran kind of stopgap type of a guy, but he does have some experience at this point, and he's a talented dude. And, you know, with what Kalen DeBoer did with uh, uh, Michael Penix, I'm sure he's going to have a lot of quarterbacks uh, you know, salivating at the opportunity to go and play for him. Number three, Michigan State. I don't think this one is likely because I think that they're probably knocking on the door of Aiden Childs, who uh, was Oregon State a big recruit last year uh, and will probably follow Jonathan Smith there. But he's from Detroit. Um, You know, Jonathan Smith is a really good quarterback coach, uh, so this would make a ton of sense, although I do think there's two other schools in the Midwest that are probably a little hotter and heavier on them because of Michigan State being interested in Aiden Childs. But again, until somebody says, I'm coming to Michigan State, uh, everybody's got to be in the water. For Jonathan Smith, who all three quarterbacks on the Michigan State roster are in the portal, I don't think Jonathan Smith is worried about that, but it is the first thing he's got to do to make sure uh, that Michigan State uh, can start spring practice even. So he's got to do that, and I'm sure he'll get a, a fresh, maybe another freshman as well in there. But there are things to do at Michigan State, and you got to kick the tires on everybody. And, again, this is a Detroit, Detroit guy, so getting him in there could be really intriguing. Yeah, like you said, it's an empty cover basically right now. So, yeah, you got to add uh, as many ingredients as possible uh, in time for spring. So, yeah, he'd, he'd make a lot of sense. I, I don't know how much locale always matters, but it could very much for a, for a Michigan kid. could matter a lot, a uh, great deal to, to go back to your home state and, and play for Sparty. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, definitely a place, that I think, for all quarterbacks that are available to keep an eye on. But Aiden Childs, there does seem to be – uh, a good bit of smoke there here um, in the last few days. So that's that's something to definitely keep an eye on. But, yeah, they're not going to stop at just one guy, so that'll be very interesting to see how they manage that. Number two, Ohio State. Look, you don't, um, you know, push um, – a quarterback into the portal without having a plan, which they clearly think they're going to get somebody and they're Ohio state. They're not going to not get a portal quarterback. And he's one of the ones I would think that you would go out and, 
and get. Like, this is one of the ones you think you can. And again, uh, obviously, they're not in Michigan. They're in Ohio. But um, they are the Ohio State University, and they can get pretty much the people that they want. So I would not be surprised if this was the guy that maybe Ryan Day had his eye on the entire time and seeing as he's in the portal. Now, there could be other people who could wind up at Ohio State. There's there's lots of different, uh, you know, guys in the portal. But this one to me, would be the one I, I would think he, he might have zeroed in on. I mean, there is, Paul, but it's getting lesser by yeah, the day. Exactly. I mean, there's not that many quarterbacks left at this point. I mean, there's there's a few, but with each passing day, there's there's less and less to choose from. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe that was the grand plan is that you've got Dante Moore. I don't know, though, if I'm an Ohio State fan, if I watched UCLA this year, that I'm all that excited about that being my grand plan and replacing Kyle McCord, who just had a pretty yeah. good year for you. So I'm fascinated to learn whatever it is that's up – uh, the Buckeyes sleeve and, and what that plan was all along. Cause I still find it kind of strange that McCord left. I mean, the dude was just your starter this past year and has plenty of eligibility left. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm interested to hear more on, on kind of how all that played out and, uh, very intrigued to see who that guy's going to be to replace him. Cause, cause yeah, that's, um, that's an interesting move. And you would have thought that there's sort of a, a, you know, a bullet already in the chamber cocked and ready to go. And yet here we are and we still haven't heard anything. So yeah, I, I kind of fully expected to hear like Kyle McCord is in the portal two days later. They're like, Oh, this guy's yeah, going there. Right. And that hasn't happened yet. It's been a week. So, and, and Dante well, Morfer as big of a recruit as he was, that's not one where I'm like, Oh yeah, that totally makes yeah. sense. I'd still be kind of like, what? They have Devin Brown in the depth chart. Yeah. It was a highly ranked player too. He's uh, he didn't play much this year yeah, because beat McCord out. did because yeah. he got beat out. But Riola at one point was an Ohio State commit. So, I, and I, I bring that up only because we brought him up earlier. Now that it appears, it's obviously he's committed to Georgia, but that could be changing too. Well, look, they've also, look, Brock Glenn, who started the game at Florida State, yep. uh, he was an Ohio State commit. So, Ryan Day and Brian Hartline, who've had like a nice little pipeline, have maybe lost a little bit of their, their grip on that uh, lately. So, it, it is, it's just, the Ohio State situation is odd because. I would have thought the plan's like, okay, he's 11-1. Let's see how much better we can make him. Maybe Devin Brown gets better and passes him, and you get somebody else. But him being out there without a plan B yeah. is really strange. Yeah, and Devin Brown doesn't exactly inspire yeah. a ton of confidence either based on what you've seen so far. So, yeah, I mean, there's there, there's young guys that maybe they pan out, you know, with uh, the right situation. But, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a puzzle right now in Columbus, and I think we're all just – waiting on like some big shoe to drop, yeah. but um, and, and is McCord, there one? McCord didn't put up huge numbers, but he was 24 touchdowns to six interceptions, so he was, yeah. he was four to one. Yeah, he was our he, best you know, option. Yeah, and yeah. so that was like he was efficient, and he'll yeah. be efficient where he goes. He's just not going to be – I think part of it is also like, you know, like he's a hot chick, but he's not – CJ Stroud hot chick, right? You know, yeah. like he's he's not Heidi Klum. He's just a I thought he know. played against Michigan very, very well. Yeah, too. Until uh, he uh, threw the two picks. Still yeah. Lost. I yeah. still yeah. yeah, but you lose to Michigan like a coach yeah. like Ryan yeah, Day. But that's yeah, you, you say yeah. that. It's not just like, oh yeah, but it happens. No, it doesn't. Yeah. No, it's not supposed to. And so you've done it twice in a row now, and so nobody's gonna want to hear Three times. Uh, three in a row? Yeah. Oh, God. You, you See, I'm, I'm already slighting them. Yeah. So three times. Three straight for Ryan Day. It doesn't yeah. matter if you, you played pretty good. They need great. They need they need better than that. And so, yeah, it's a, yeah. that's a very interesting situation. Um, number one, Michigan. Look, they don't have a quarterback in the barrel next year either. Uh, and 
their offense might be a little bit more uh, easy to transition into without the constant expectation on the big play. And again, Detroit guy. So I expect all three of those Big Ten Midwestern uh, big boys to be in the mix for Dante Moore. And look, Jim Harbaugh's just getting the extension. Everything's fine in Ann Arbor. Nothing bad happened and nothing bad's ever going to happen and nothing bad will happen and nothing untoward ever happened. That's how um, you have to approach it with Jim Harbaugh, I guess. Uh, but Dante Moore to Michigan to me would make also a, a ton of sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, J.J. McCarthy uh, had a you know an okay year. Uh, obviously, they just were built really well as a, as a team. I've been uh, reading a little bit about McCarthy and, like, his pro prospects and things like that. I mean, he could come back. Yeah. I mean, there's always the opportunity for him to come back if he's not hearing the right things from the NFL. So that would help solve uh, matters uh, pretty easily. And you also have a five-star quarterback coming in at Jaden Davis for the class of 2024. So, if you could get McCarthy back in the Jaden Davis, and that's just like scraping their depth chart, then I think you'd be okay. But yeah, certainly you're always going to have your head on a swivel. If McCarthy goes to the pros, you're going to be even more neat. And uh, yeah, that would seem an ideal destination, especially with Harbaugh there as your your coach uh, for any quarterback to uh, work with. So yeah, uh, the Wolverines and Ohio State both uh, potentially in the in the running here for Dante. Moore, it's I guess. funny to see some of the responses on the Riola news. Uh, Nebraska fans going oh, my God, how can we screw this up? You know, like, don't yeah. get our hopes up. And, and I, whatever happens, it happens. It will be interesting. But it, it, that, can't, that did seem to come out of nowhere. His uncle just received an extra year on his contract at a 53% raise. So whatever that might mean, too. Garrett, great job today. Thank you, Jack McKenzie. Emery Levi, Levi, 365 Sports tonight, every weeknight at 1030 here on the CW. We appreciate those of you in the text line. The chat room also was uh, rather interesting, as it always is, for Paul Catalina and for Craig Smoke. I'm David Smoke. This is 365 Sports, and have a great night. DLMRI is a small family business right here in Central Texas. 